Hi, do you want to go to a party with me? No, the game's on. Oh, I almost forgot. I'll be right there. We like sports and we don't care who knows. From shooting hoops to the Super Bowl. We like sports and we don't care who knows. Football, football, football. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Next Level Nerd Sports Cast. Uh, I am Bronson Allman, uh, here to... Uh, here to just give you the thoughts on what's going on in the old sporting world here, along with my uh, my cohort here, Franklin Conti. Frank, what's up? Hey, Bronson. It's good to be with you again. I know it's been a while. Uh, yeah, excited, it's been a while. excited to break down what's going on in the sports world. Uh, Bronson and I were just talking. We we got to get get to these more often. We've only uh, it's been three or four weeks since we've talked to you, and we're gonna try to make an effort to do these maybe every couple weeks because uh, too much is too much has transpired since we got together. There's too yeah. much to talk about. <laughs> The National Football League is running by as fast, my friend. Last year we did, I think we we did the we did well. We we should get a pass. I mean, we did cover the Steelers Titans pregame twice this year, so <laughs> and it's all like, credit. Yeah, maybe the old AFC Central back in the uh, the late nineties, whatever. But um, no, we uh, we'll cover that in just a second. But uh, yeah, I'm mean, just glad to have you guys on board, listening to uh, Frank and I. You know, spiel our our opinions and our, our analysis of uh, what's going on in the National Football League, uh, and among other uh, sports, we'll cover here tonight. And uh, you're here on the Next Level Nerd Network. Um, big thanks to Justin and Nico and everyone Next Level Nerd for allowing us on their airwaves. Um, uh, give Justin and Nico a little, little tune on their on their movie po- uh, podcast, which which Frank and I were talking. And I, I've been a little bit behind, but I mean, uh, right before a lot of the NFL action kicked off, I was I was hammering a, po- a podcast episode every day or two, uh, Frank. So I got to catch up for sure. But well, mm-hmm. I'm sure with the holiday season, I, I know Justin and Nico won't uh, disappoint us too much with some good ones coming up here. But uh, um, Frank, I mean, we we love the we can uh, exchange pleasantries. Let's get into it. Uh, NFL Week Ten, a little bit, a uh, little going on. A little recap of what happened last week. There was a lot of, a lot of excitement last week in the, the National Football League, and of course, I would feel we would start no other place. And of course, your Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, they moved to nine and zero after uh, crushing the Cincinnati Bengals, thirty six to ten. I gotta be honest, Frank. I figured Pittsburgh would win. Maybe I know that the drama was was kept all week of whether. Uh, ben Roethlisberger would actually start the game. He was on that limited list as yeah. uh, the COVID limited list as he was exposed. I do, I believe, what was Pants McDonald had had the uh, the coronavirus. Uh, him and a few guys were activated. So, what was it? Saturday afternoon, Saturday night, he was removed off that list. So, this the uh, Steeler Nation got a little bit of a heavy uh, relief there that we knew that Ben would play. But then there's all these skeptics that you know Ben didn't practice all week. He was only doing video meetings. And but I mean we Frank we've been through this way too many times we know we know when when the when the the chips are on the table Big Ben comes to shine and and uh, he he was he was up for it and some people thought maybe this could be a trap game uh, I, I know it's a division rival but you know Cincinnati really not too well and and when you have a team that's undefeated like the Steelers Frank you, you're kind of waiting for that uh, that shoe to drop to get that that the first loss but it didn't come this week it was a little close at the beginning but. It seemed that uh, once Ben found a stride, he found some good targets there. Uh, you know, we were off to the races. We went. The Steelers' defense uh, stifled uh, rookie wonder Joe Burrow, um, his lowest quarterback rating uh, of the of the NFL season there. So, uh, Frank, just take it away. What you took away from the game Sunday? Um, obviously, the wins were really high there. So, field goals were a factor. Passing deep balls were a factor there. Some strong wins there at Hi- at Heinz Field. 
but the Steelers pulled off, Frank. Um, they moved to nine and no. And uh, every week is, you know, we're just setting records every week, you know, best start, whatnot. Uh, just your takeaways from Sunday's game. Well, great toss up, Bronson. Um, opened up a lot of topics for me there. Um, yeah, going back to, to Roethlisberger and the protocols, um, it was a little bit, I was a little bit nervous as we heard throughout the week that Ben couldn't uh, come to the facility. Um, and practice, but this is a guy in his late thirties. Now we, we all know that Ben doesn't practice Wednesdays already. <laughs> um, it's that, it's that little bit of veteran, uh, perk that he gets to, you know, kind of save the arm, save the body. Um, so I wasn't too concerned cause I think Ben's a guy that could roll out of bed on Sunday and, and, you know, put up 400 yards and four touchdowns. And, you know, I don't think he's a guy that needs practice at this point in his career. And, you know, timing is pretty much down. There was no preseason, but, you know, eight games in, you know, timing is down with everybody. I, I don't think it hurt him. Plus no bye week yet because of that. Such, or, well, they had the early bye week, so they're on a stretch of quite a bit in a row now. So the extra rest probably didn't hurt Ben. Um, I came in, like you said, Bronson, expecting a close game. It's a division rival. As Mike Tomwell would say, it's AFC North football. So, uh, you know, there's usually never an easy game and it was kind of one of those you thought trap games. Cause we still, you know, at nine and zero, we haven't seen the Tomlin loss yet. And, you know, it's that, that proverbial, you know, loss every year or two that Mike Tomlin and the Steelers have to, um, inferior opponents. Um, but, but no, the Steelers did it with defense again. They were in Joe Burrow's face all game. Um, that's the defense has been great all year. They've kind of stole a couple games for the Steelers. Um, TJ Watt, of course, Bud Dupree, the pass rush just, you know, has been excellent this year. And anytime you can get teams behind the sticks with sacks, um, is, is huge. And the Steelers did a great job. I know the, the Bengals, uh, had a big blow. Joe Mixon wasn't able to go that, that broke pretty late. I think Sunday morning even. So, you know, great running back, uh, wasn't able to go. So that, that helped the Steelers chances, but uh, I didn't expect 36 to 10. I expected maybe, you know, 28, 21, something like that. I thought yeah. the Steelers, I thought the Steelers would win. And, and I, I don't know if they, I didn't expect them to cover. I don't know. I think it was 12. Was it 12? I can't remember what the line was, I don't but, remember either. Yeah. but, uh, but no exciting. The Steelers, they, they, they do move to nine and zero, and a lot of people are saying, um, they're, they're a weak nine and zero, but you know, which I, you know, you, you kind of see that they haven't really, they, they haven't had a tough schedule there. And there's the, the, the debate of you put, you have to play the schedule that's in front of you. Um, I thought that this year that they'd beat a, a good Tennessee team on the road, obviously a good Baltimore team on the road, a, a Cleveland team that they blew out and a Cleveland team that sits in a playoff spot right now. And the Houston Texans having a down year, a lot of talent on that team. Um, so their schedule hasn't been horrendous. Um, it's obviously not the hardest in the league, but you just, you, you play the schedule that's in front of you and they, the Steelers are fortunate to be nine and oh, they've won every game and right on their heels are the Kansas city chiefs. So there's, there's no, I think it helps the Steelers that they have the chiefs right on their, their tail because they, they would love to get, uh, the only buy in this new format, um, only the one seed gets the buy and they would love to have home field advantage in case they have to play Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes. It would be at Heinz field yeah. um, in, in the playoffs, but 
No, it's a, a great game. All facets. Uh, I thought offense, defense, special teams all played well. No, no glaring mistakes. The win was a factor, as it was in many stadiums this sun, past Sunday. I actually benched Aaron Rodgers in fantasy, worrying about the win, but he actually had a good day. Um, he, it didn't bother him in Green Bay, but it was bad in uh, in New England in the night game as well. Pouring rain and winds there, where the uh, Patriots helped the the Steelers uh, when they beat the Ravens. But uh, but no, a great game, Bronson. You you, you said a lot of it, and um, Steelers Steelers cruise by the Bengals. Um, that you know, I, I I'm excited for the last seven games. Um, you know, we'll get into a little bit of some other games that went that went down this past Sunday, and then maybe maybe break down the Steelers' remaining schedule and see if they could actually run the table and do this thing. Could yeah, they actually and, go sixteen and zero? Yeah, and, and it's funny. It's 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 funny you mentioned this earlier in your your uh, your, your rant there about the Steelers lucky to be nine and zero. And since we've recorded the last episode, they they beat a very tough uh, Tennessee team uh, in, in Tennessee. The Baltimore game was 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 what it always is when they play Baltimore, just a brutal slugfest down to the last and, play. Yeah, down to the last play, and then you saw it coming, but you still couldn't stop it. You know the. What I mean, Steelers, you know, let down, and you know, even though they won in Dallas, you know, Garrett Gilbert comes from the the grocery line, you know, must have been Pittsburgh. It was um, ugly. Yeah, that game. Yeah, was ugly. It, it's in you know, and those road games against inferior teams always seem to, to stun P- Pittsburgh. And and like I was telling, uh, I was watching the game with my friend Brandon. He was freaking out, and I was like, if Dallas lets them hang around, they're not going to win the game. Like Pittsburgh's yeah. going to win this game, which I end up obviously happening. So they're very fortunate to be nine to zero, Frank. Um, I know we're uh, after we cover a few stories here, we will get into what we look like uh, ahead in the schedule coming up ahead. Um, but uh, yeah, they're very fortunate to be nine and zero, and hey, we'll take it. Wins a wins a wins a wins. So you just take it a week at a time, and and that's how you know every. I think honestly, everything from now is you know is a bonus, assuming that you know they wouldn't lose every game, which of course they're not going to. But um, especially last week, I, I, I didn't. I was like you. I didn't. Uh, I didn't foresee that they were going to they were going to blow Cincinnati out. So uh, good performance by the team. And hopefully, you know, again, as I, I think I stressed every time we record an episode, Frank, they win games. And I feel like I come around, I come away from every game. Like they haven't even come close to playing at their best. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and, 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 and I, we're going to adjust it later, but um, you know, they won this game handedly without basically of a running game. And I said, like I said, we'll address that later, but uh you know, just if everything could, could click on all on all cylinders, get it clicking. I mean, you know, they're due probably for a loss. But also, Frank, at the same time, that there's so much more potential for them to be even better. And they might need to be, you know, if they get down in the late part of the season. And if you get in the playoffs, having to play at Kansas City, you're having to play, you know, you know, whatnot. But yeah, Frank, very good for performance by the by your Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, I, I agree, Bronson. And you know, for our for our fans that listen that are outside the Pittsburgh viewing area, we always make the joke, uh, we're not gonna talk Pittsburgh all day, but we do have a segment coming up. Um if if you do wanna you know, tune into something else, feel free. But uh, we're going to give you a little bit of an NFL. We're going to take a trip around the league now. So um, we're going to break down some of the other action in Week 10. Um, Bronson, I don't know if you had Red Zone on or not this week, um, but uh, Arizona and Buffalo. This, this game was actually on locally on CBS. I only caught the uh, the tail end, and I actually – uh, shame on me for six weeks, Bronson. I missed the Hail Mary. I missed the Kyler Murray. I flipped back to uh, 
what was I? I was flipping back and forth to something, and I just missed it. And uh, I, I came back to them piling on DeAndre Hopkins. But what a play at the end of the game for from Murray to Hopkins at Arizona. And that, that was a game of the week candidate with Arizona and a good Buffalo team. So uh, they, they moved to 6-3, and three and they're actually on now. They're trailing Seattle 7 and nothing as we record Thursday night. Football uh, is on in the background. So, um, But uh, I, that game impressed me. Arizona is not to be taken lightly this year. Um, I don't know if you saw much of that game, Bronson. What you think? What, what do you think of Buffalo? What do you think of Arizona so far? Well, I, th- I was impressed with Buffalo, uh, their game at home against Seattle the week before, Frank. Right. Yeah, those Western teams always going east is always seems to be a dogfight. It's tough. And for for the rest part, yeah, they all played. You know, the Seattle Seahawks, which were an impressive, who have been an impressive team all year. Um, I thought Buffalo had nothing to be ashamed of of that game Sunday, Frank. But and I did not really watch the rest of the game. I did watch the end. Because there is like a, I think it, it it had happened live before they cut in. I think that's why they cut into the game. Because I, I remember which game I was watching. I don't know if it was Pitts, the Pittsburgh Cincinnati game, but they I wasn't really watching the Red Zone much. But they cut into the game, like they did a break, and they showed the play. And I, I knew I was, like, I was like, well, if they showed the play, he must have hit the sail Mary. <laughs> then like, Kyler Murray throws the ball, and it's like, there's no way Hopkins got that ball. And then he and then he did, and then he, like you see all these white jerseys, and then it's just it's. You just see Hopkins black gloves just get the ball and it's unreal. And did you I, see the did you see the still photo of the three different brands? Yeah, on the yeah, the jump man gloves. Yeah, it's so funny. It's like this has got to be a commercial for Jordan Air Jordan. <laughs> and it's funny because like you know for our listening audience, Frank's introduced. You know he's he's doing the intro in this Arizona uh, Buffalo recap, and I'm just face palming my hand my head into, into my palm of my hand, just shaking my head, and not because I thought Frank did a horrible job introducing it, did a great. Face palming myself, Frank, because oh, Bill O'Brien, what did you do? What did you do, Bill O'Brien? <laughs> oh, man. His his legacy now will I be feel known. like he's a general general. Is he, is he running the Pirates? It feels like he's running the Pirates. That trade, Hopkins for David Johnson. Oh my, that it, it looked ugly by the week, but that that hail mary made it just blew it out of the stratosphere, Frank. Right. Um, yeah, I. I Houston fans have got to be just beside themselves, and uh, I was just—you just say feel for them. And in Arizona, they they get they get a quality wide receiver, and and you know for a guy like Larry Fitzgerald to you know to be such a, a consummate human being and professional to 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 let to let, the, let Hopkins be showcased and and not you know throw a tantrum like most ego maniacal wide receivers would. He's always been a stand up human being. Larry has and. Uh, and and DeAndre's been awesome. Kyler Murray. I mean, what what adjectives can I use to describe how he's played this year? Uh, Frank, I was before we recorded the show tonight. I told Frank, I thought Kyler Murray was going to be a bust in the NFL, and boy, have I eaten the crow! And I'm, and, ha- and happily so. Um, really impressed with how this kid plays the game. And just he, he he. I don't want to compare him to Russ. I think he's obviously much more athletic than Russ, but kind of that background of baseball, football, small, you know, height. <laughs> It, it's hard to not make those comparisons. I see more uh, of a Lamar Jackson. You, yeah, you were, yeah, I, I could definitely see that. Obviously, that that's a very uh, a, a relatable point there. But um, it's just that he, it's just no games out of hand with this kid. He's just insane, mm-hmm. and just uh, I, I, every week I just like my jaw drops at what a performance he has. And I honestly didn't see this coming from Arizona. I knew that Kyler Murray would probably have a better improvement from his rookie year. But I mean, they 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 took a lot of criticism for you know, Colin Coward said it best, Frank. It's like 
their GM, I forget his name, but um, he he does one thing that a lot of you know a lot of GMs and most lovely you know he he targeted to a lot of males do. <laughs> he admitted he was wrong with the Drew Rosen pick, or Josh Rosen. Sorry, I don't said Drew Rosen. Josh Rosen. He admitted he was wrong with the Josh Rosen pick. The year next year comes around, Kyler Murray's available. It's like, okay, I made the wrong choice last round last year. We're gonna get it right with Josh with with, with not with Josh Rosen because he had Josh Rosen and what was it? Wilkes, the coach. After one year, they're both out. Um, um, Kyler Murray comes in. Um, why is his name slipping my mind right now? Uh, the coach, Kingsbury. Yes, Cliff Kingsbury. He gets fired from Texas Tech. He had. He had Patrick Mahomes and Blake uh, Baker Mayfield there. Can't win there. He gets fired from his alma mater where you're like a hero. And Nick Nick Wright always said it was the biggest example of failing upward he's ever seen. Which is the <laughs> truth. He gets his he, he he's he's USC USC offensive coordinator for like a minute. He gets the Arizona head coaching gig. Last year he did he did all right, and then what a rebound this year so far by the Arizona Cardinals and uh they're just an exciting Frank. They're exciting right now. This is why you and I are peeled to the screen here on a Thursday night, recording this, watching the, the Seattle Seahawks and, and the Arizona Cardinals. It's, I mean, name me a Thursday night game this year that you've been this excited for. Maybe the Tampa game a few weeks ago, and and the DK Metcalf just made an amazing catch. Uh, so if you if you are listening while we're recording, we're recording during the game. It's two twenty seven left in the first quarter, as Seattle got out to a DK Metcalf touchdown, um, and a great catch there, but. Uh, I mean, the, these two teams right now, Frank, with their explosive offenses, are, are must-watch TV. And, they, um, and and to go back, I wanted to ask you about Buffalo too, because I mean, yeah. obviously, a hail mary away from moving to eight and two and beating an Arizona team. Um, Buffalo is right there with the Steelers in Kansas City and Baltimore in this AFC discussion. And another quarterback, I wanted to get your thoughts on Josh Allen because he does it a little bit differently. And obviously, they're a future opponent of the Steelers. Um, Josh Allen can run and throw as well, but he's a bruising type running back. Yeah. You know, that he can run the QB power and just, you know, really tough. I mean, inside the 10, I mean, you don't know what he's going to do. You forget last year on Sunday night, they beat Pittsburgh at Heinz Field. Yeah. That Sunday night game. And they, they, they made the playoffs. They they beat Houston, right? Or did they lose to Houston? They, 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 lost, they, lost, they lost. Yeah, they, they were one and done. Houston lost to Kansas City. Yeah, they were one and done in the playoffs. That's right. I had to think about it. But, I mean, his rookie year, they make the playoffs. McDermott's a hell of a coach. I I don't think he gets nearly enough credit for being a great great coach. Um, But they had, a, they had a very surprising year last year. They sneak into the playoffs. They gave Houston in, in that juggernaut with the Sean J- Watson all they can handle more. The Texans do come out on top, but I mean, just seeing their their bounce back from last year for what they've done this year, and and Josh Allen's he he's another. It's like we're so spoiled now. We get to see Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, um, even Joe Burrow, even Justin Herbert. Like we're the so league's in such good hands. I know yeah. that, that teases a little bit. I know you're going to talk about some of the rookie quarterbacks in a bit too. Yeah. It's just the league's in great hands. It's 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 very exciting to watch the young quarterback play. And there's just there's so many guys that do it in different ways. Yeah. And even like and we only mentioned Patrick Mahomes, Super Bowl champion, NFL MVP. Yeah, the goat like, of the like yeah. not the goat, not the, goat, him. Like the best in the league right now. Yeah. He's he's the guy right now. And then you still have the old guard of Rivers, Brady, Breeze, and uh, and Ben. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a great time to to watch quarterback play and watch football. This, this kind of reminds me, and I don't I, I don't want to go back to, but like 
it was kind of like, um, and I think you'll go with me on this, like that 97, 98, 99, we had guys like Young and Aikman and Marino and Elway that are kind of coming out of the game. And yeah. he had like Peyton Manning coming in. Bledsoe was kind of hitting his stride at that point. Uh, Brady was only a couple years later coming into that that fold. Um, yeah, Cordell, Cordell was exciting. And, you know, I'm not going to put him up in that category with those guys, but he for was an exciting, years. He was exciting guy to watch at the time. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And there was just that 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 era where there was just like got legendary guys get coming out of the game and a lot of young exciting guys coming into the game and I think we're seeing that again, Frank. I mean, I, I think the real ones will recognize my comparison there, uh, and I know you would too. But but yeah. it, it's kind of what it reminds me of we're a lot a lot of great guys going to be coming out of the game. You know, Breeze and Rivers and Ben and Brady, and then you know these guys, Mahomes and Herbert and Burrow and Tua and and Josh Allen and Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray coming into the game and. And the league's the league always seems to transit. It always seems to transition well, Frank. It's when you think about all the great ones too. I I, I'm, I can't not think about some of the busts. It's it's been sad too though that um, yeah, like, like Sam Darnold, not really his fault. Terrible situation in New yeah. York. Josh Rosen picks so high, automatic like right away gets I for him. Kyler yeah. Murray gets drafted. They trade him off. He's now on his third team in three years. Um, Maybe this, these are a couple guys that maybe, you know, they get traded to a Pittsburgh or, um, you know, Rosen's in Tampa. Maybe these guys just wait around for Ben Brady ret- to retire. I know there's rumors. Juju Smith-Schuster made the rumor, but he said, you know, we should go out and get my boy Sam Darnold, uh, you know, to back up Ben and be the heir apparent. I don't know what Mason Rudolph probably felt to that comment. <laughs> yeah. But, well, I mean, uh, that's Juju just taking care of his college buddy. I get yeah, that. Yeah. But uh, no, Bronson, I mean, that's and you're right. Just a touch too. like you, you mentioned Thursday night. Um, it seems like every year there's a lot of duds. Um, yeah. I know I know the NFL wants to get every team on Thursday night just to make it fair because of the short week. So sometimes you're, you're stuck and it, they like to do a lot of division games because then it's more fair within the division yeah. on the short rest. But um, when you get like a Jacksonville, Tennessee, or you get a, you know, yeah. sometimes if you get like a Saint, uh, a loss, uh, LA Rams, 49ers, like some of these matchups are kind of vanilla. Um, but lately I know that this is a three week stretch now of, uh, I forget what was last Thursday night was a good one. Um, and now we have Seattle. It was Tennessee, Indiana, yeah, Tennessee, Indianapolis battle for first place. Um, tonight's a battle for first place. And then next week is uh, Thanksgiving. It's Pittsburgh, Baltimore. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. You can't yeah. beat it. That's considered the Thursday night game. There's two during the day, and the Steelers Ravens is is the night game. But it's starting to get better. There, these matchups on Thursday night are starting to become more exciting. But um, that you know that wraps up. We got we got a few more to get to, Bronson. Yeah, how how enough. about uh, one yeah. that I one that I was wrong on? I had the Chargers. <laughs> I I had the Chargers beating Miami. I thought I think, I, I think everyone did, Frank. I really do. I did. Chargers are right there, and they're two and six, and it's that old adage, you know, they're two and six, but they could be six and two, you know, ifs and buts were candy and nuts. Yeah. But, uh, but they are a team that's not as bad as their record, and I like how Herbert's played. Tough tough situation for Tyrod Taylor to get the gig there, um, but had the the punctured what was it the punctured lung on the shot yeah. that went bad, but uh, yeah. Herbert's it's time to shine. You know, the future says it just started a little earlier than some expected, but he seems like he's going to be the real deal. But uh, pretty much Tua and the Dolphins led that whole game. Um, it was not really in question. They, you know, they end up winning by 10, I think. Um, and the Dolphins moved to a quiet six and three. 
as they are, you know, with the with the Buffalo loss on the last second Hail Mary, um, they move to within I think a half game of the Bills. So yeah. Miami's in the in the conversation for the AFC East crown, a division once owned by the Patriots, is now really uh, between uh, a, a two man fight between the Dolphins and the Bills with the Patriots with their their big win on uh, Sunday night against the Ravens, only two I think two and a half back. Yeah. So, don't count out Belichick and Newton quite yet, even though I think they're trying to tank. Um, they're not doing a great job at tanking at four and five, but um, not the Patriots of old as well, uh, obviously. But Miami and uh, the L.A. Chargers, yeah, that that one was a battle of the two rookie quarterbacks. Um, Bronson, other than red zone, I don't know if you saw much of this. I didn't. I, I saw the I saw a decent bit of it. But um, your your thoughts on this one? Anything surprised you there? Tua Tagovailoa, man, just the, his intangibles. His intangibles, his, his ability to to read read the blitz and you know, his his escapability. But as Mel Kiper. Oh us. gosh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm real tired right now. Taco Bailoa. Nick Saban taught him how to escape. Yeah. But uh, he had his 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 uncanny ability to kind of feel the rush and just his accuracy has never been into question at all. But his ability to move on the run and find wide re- open wide receivers. And he is, I mean, not saying he's the better, I mean, the Dolphins have really done it the right way, Frank. They knew when they were rebuilding, they had to accumulate draft picks. They may have to ship out some stars to get picks, and they did that. Not only did they get Tua, they, they got they got tackle help from the first round. And they have, not only did they, they have a, a plethora of picks this past spring, they got more picks coming up this up, upcoming spring. So, I mean, they have the, they have everything in line to really build a team around Tua Tagovailoa. And I thought for you, Frank, I thought the Chargers were going to win this game. I thought it'd be kind of an offensive shootout. But I thought Herbert would be just enough to get him over the top, and it, it wasn't. I mean, the, the Dolphins are there. You have to give credit to, to, the, to the Miami Dolphins. Um, no Joey it, Bosa in the game as well. Yeah, no Joey Bosa. Yeah, absolutely. That and, helped. And, uh, and 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 I was just you know this is kind of where I want to I want to slide my uh, kind of where I want to slide my uh, my uh, stuff about the rookie quarterbacks because you know when when all the, when this COVID thing hit Frank. You know, teams weren't allowed to have mini camps. They weren't allowed to have organized team activities in person. And there was there was training camp, a very limited uh, part of training camp. But there was an absence of a preseason. And what was the big thing, Frank, is that, oh, how are these rookie quarterbacks going to cope with no mini camp, no preseason? Mm-hmm. They don't get any games, don't get any reps, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. All rookies, it's tough on yeah. everybody, yeah. And and uh, I, I decided the other night that I was going to tally the, the – the, uh, the, the TDs, interceptions, wins, losses of, uh, of of rookie quarterbacks who started this year in the National Football League. These are not games that they've come into relief or anything like that. Um, but uh, the record, I mean, the 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 five starters that have played this year are combined six, seventeen, and one. So it's not great. I mean, like you said, a lot of those games were games that are on, were coin flip games that Justin Herbert could have won with with the Chargers uh, because Herbert as a starter this year is one in seven. You know he. He should he 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 doesn't deserve that. He should have fared much better than one and seven this year. Um, ben Danucci of, of Pitt and James Madison fame, zero uh, two as a starter this year. Jake Lutton as a as a Jags starter taking over for Gardner Minshew is zero two as a starter. But then you look at Joe Burrow two six and one. Um, obviously, a few of those games could have been coin flips. He's played much better than his team has around him. Um, Tuga 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 Five touchdowns, zero interceptions, 
three three wins and zero losses since being the starter. Uh, but and and um, so they've been six seventeen and one as as a win loss record of all five of those quarterbacks. Danucci had didn't have a record for either game. Lutton Lutton two two and two. Herbert nineteen and six five and oh two and twelve. Those are the, the TD to interception ratio. But um, combine all five six wins seventeen losses and one tie. That could have flip flopped. You know at least seven of those games. You might be you could have been looking at thirteen and you know. 13 and 10 right there. If, if, if Herbert can get a few of those ga- matchups to go away. Yeah. Remember that game against Tampa Bay, Frank, where uh, LA went out quick and then they and had then the big Brady, lead. Brady had the big comeback. Um, in terms of TD's interceptions, I kind of rattled them off a few seconds ago. All five quarterbacks combination, 38 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, Frank. There's your preseason. There's your mini camps. They don't need them when you have star power like this. And, and obviously I'm not, grouping Ben DiNucci with those guys. <laughs> I factored all rookie quarterbacks and who knows what Jake Lutton will build off of uh, off of off of two games. They certainly gave Green Bay a scare Sunday. So um you know maybe maybe Pittsburgh beware. You're going down there this weekend, beware. Um but uh obviously Danucci's not not there but Herbert Tagovailoa and Joe Burrow wow could could this be could this be like the uh the big three, the big three who had, uh, you know, back with Ben, Eli, and Philip Rivers. You never know. You know, maybe a little too early to say that, but the, those three have just been playing so well right now. And, and obviously, as the year goes on, Frank, uh, you know, we're going to find out what they're made of once teams get film, especially on Tua, having played a few games. Once teams get film on him, we'll see how, how defenses adjust. And, mm-hmm. and um, Herbert and Burrow have played enough, I feel, that. <laughs> they defenses have enough film on them, but it's about getting the matchups and whatnot. But I, I just want to take a, a few seconds out in Frank and just say, give a, a good heads up to the rookie quarterbacks this year because they COVID's been uh, has obviously handcuffed teams and and the rookies, you know, in terms of development. But you certainly can't tell it with the, with the top three for sure. No, great breakdown of that game, Bronson, and I think it was. Uh... You know, it was a coming out party for Tua a little bit. He had a couple under his belt, but now that he gets the, you know, the win over a fellow rookie Herbert, and they're right there in that division race. You know, he kind of came in. They kind of gave him the job while you know Fitz Fitz Magic wasn't doing too too poorly, and they were not doing poorly as a team. I think they were yeah. three and two. They were they were a winning record, but they yeah. Brian Brian Flores and company decided it was time, and obviously not regretting it so far. I think yeah. two two is the guy to lead them to the playoffs. Yeah, Fitzpatrick did nothing to lose his job. He played well, yeah. and 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 not to go and not to go on another diatribe, but I thought for sure I'm really shocked that. With the whole Danucci debacle, I was shocked Dallas didn't try to inquire about about Ryan Fitzpatrick. It was rumored. It was. Yeah, Everybody he's, he's was, the guy. All that, the keyboarders were saying, "Why don't they do it? Why don't they do it?" It would have fit he, perfectly. He, a veteran quarterback who could step in. He's certainly no stranger to be to jumping from team to team, mm-hmm. kind of like a, a better version of Case Keenum. But uh, um, yeah, I definitely thought that that was an option. But like you said, Frank, I mean, it was two a tug of Lewis coming out party in Miami, Hard Rock Stadium. Had they had they allowed everyone in there, would it would have been a rocking. Rocking facilities, so um, we move on, Frank. In a game I did not see much of, except the first quarter, the New England Patriots home in Fox was it? Was it Foxborough? Was it? It was a Foxborough. Wasn't yeah, it? it was. Yeah, yeah, Foxborough. 
a, a rainy, rainy night, a rainy night yeah. in Foxborough. Um, they they go to four and five with a big win over uh, Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Frank, again, I admit I did not really watch. I fell asleep uh, after the first quarter, mm-hmm. and I never really got got a chance to catch up on much. much so, I'm kind of leaning on you for this. If you didn't watch it, I guess we'll we'll, we'll make it up as we go. But uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, big big win for New England. Kind of need an answer to get get in that AFC uh, East mix there. And the loss for Baltimore is a win for another win for Pittsburgh, really mm-hmm. build, build that gap, Frank. But um, what did you take away this game? This this is kind of the game I felt that Bill Belichick wanted. He's like, get them at get them at home, our home in the rain. Like this, the, the, I thought the atmosphere, the environment, the weather all played to Bill Belichick. And uh, you know, when you give that, you give him the tools he needs, he he can, he can coach his, his rear end off and. Uh, and uh, his team came out, came out ready to play, and came had a good game. And uh, the Baltimore Ravens, uh, they lost the, the, the New England Patriots, Frank. Yeah, this one, Bronson, I did see quite a bit of it being the uh, the, the national TV game on Sunday night. And um, I thought the rain was interesting. They are so lucky they have artificial turf up there because it would have been on par with Steelers, Dolphins, with punts sticking in the mud and everything like that. Um, it, it was just a torrential downpour most of the night, bad wind. Um, the rain was terrible. And, um, you know, you expect kind of a low scoring game. And I kind of thought I had a feeling uh, I had a gut feeling the Patriots would beat the Ravens in this game um, on the road. Um, Baltimore, I, I think, was due for a loss. And I was happy to see it because it puts the Steelers three games ahead of the Ravens yeah. in the standings. Now, obviously, one left with the Ravens. So if Baltimore can can trip us up on Thanksgiving, um, which I, I think might happen. Um, we, we, we might get into that. I don't know if we'll have a show before then, but uh, I do see the Steelers getting past Jacksonville and getting to 10 and 0, but uh, the party might stop there because Baltimore is going to want revenge from that uh, last second loss to the Steelers in Baltimore. So the Steelers first loss of the year, the, the, the Miami, the 72 dolphins may be popping champagne Thanksgiving night as the the, la- the last unbeaten falls. But I was wrong before. I said the Titans would knock off the Steelers, so Bronson had that one right. But um, the uh, Baltimore, them losing Sunday gives us a little insurance if, if we do lose on Thanksgiving because then we'll still have a two-game lead with five games to play. And it's going to be tough, I think, for for. Baltimore to catch Pittsburgh with a you know a two game deficit with five to play. Um, we're going to get in, into the Steelers' remaining schedule and kind of give our predictions on the final record in a little bit, so I won't ruin that. But uh, I love the three game cushion that uh, New England helped the Steelers get. Um, I the the bad with that is I don't want to see New England sneak into the playoffs just because you just don't want yeah. Bel- you don't want Belichick in there. And you know there's rumors now that if COVID breaks out and the sh- and the regular season gets shortened, they may they may expand to eight teams. And you, what if you're looking at a one-eight matchup of Pittsburgh, New England? <laughs> uh, so you just don't want to. It's no, it's not Brady, and it's not Gronk, it's not you know, but it's still Bill Belichick. It would be at Heinz Field. We would be favored. We should get, but you just don't want to see it. So I, you know, the good was Baltimore lost, but the the scary part is New England's creeping back into that discussion, uh, and uh, yeah. this was a huge win for them. And I think I looked at their schedule. They have a lot of winnable games ahead. So don't count out the Patriots yet from going maybe nine and seven or eight and eight and sniffing a playoff spot. But um, it was, it was all around the Patriots. Um, 
neither team could do much because of the rain, but the, the the Patriots just had enough to hold on. So that that game was a huge help to the Steelers. And and you actually, if you look at it, I was I was checking out the schedule. Baltimore has Tennessee next week, and it's in Baltimore, and you expect them to rebound, but it's possible that a good Titans team not beats Baltimore Steelers beat Jacksonville. The Steelers would have a chance to clinch the North on Thanksgiving night. If that happens, um, we would go to 11 and zero, and Baltimore would go to six and five and we would have the tiebreaker. We would be five games ahead with five to play. So uh, getting ahead of ourselves, but it's actually possible that we could clinch the AFC North that early. It would probably be the earliest we ever have, but, um, but we can't count our chickens before they hatch with that yet. We got we got to focus on Jacksonville. But uh, but but no, happy New England won. Um, I can't break down the game too much. It was kind of a, a sloppy mess, and neither team looked great. But um, no, def- definitely definitely a big help as a Steeler fan to see Baltimore lose. So, yep. Next up, Bronson. I'll throw this one to you first, um, so I can get a breather. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the Saints, and, and I don't know if you caught any of this game, but the Saints, the, the biggest news, I think they the Saints ended up winning, but the big news out of the, the New Orleans is Drew Brees is going to miss multiple weeks um, with a rib injury, multiple ribs. Um, I don't know how long it's going to be, but it's going to be more than one game. So yeah. they, they, they go to Jameis Winston, and I'm not sure if they announced if it's Winston or Taysom Hill. It's probably going to be a combination. I'm sure they're going to they're gonna work in Taysom Hill uh, quite a bit. But... Um, what do you think uh, happens to the Saints' chances as we as we sit right now? The Saints are uh, seven and two, winners of six in a row, and they sit uh, ahead of the NFC South and kind of in discussion for that bye week and number one seed in the NFC. But they lose Breeze as they did last year. But Teddy Bridgewater is not around to say well, that's same. And, and that's what kind of what I was going into, Frank. I actually did not see very much of this game if at all. I saw the replay of the injury that that led to the injury of uh, Drew Brees' ribs. Um, I'm kind of with you. I feel like they'll they'll, they'll go with uh, probably Jameis to play most of the snaps, but you'll probably have Taysom Hill probably get more than his fair share of of, of them as well. Um, I, obviously, if you're a Saints fan, you should be a little worried. But I mean, with Sean Payton, I feel like he. He's 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 an offensive guru, and he he can, he gets the most out of his you know his his arsenal per se. I mean, look like you said, like what he did with Teddy Bridgewater last year, and Teddy turned that into a big deal with the, with the with the Carolina Panthers. But I feel like the they you know I don't know if Sean Payton's going to open the uh, entire book up for Jameis. Obviously, we'll probably play to Jameis's strengths. Um, and I, I don't have the New Orleans schedule up with on me right now, but uh, they, you know they they uh, I can pull it up for you as you talk. Yeah, they, I mean, no, I mean I'm looking a little bit right here, but just look at the standings. I mean, they're the good thing is they're in good shape being seven and two, so mm-hmm. you know they're, they're not going to be in any danger of missing the playoffs, especially with the AFC, the NFC least uh, <laughs> factor in there. But uh, I, I feel like they will they will eat out some games that they probably normally would have won. Um, like I said, Sean, Sean Payton's pretty good at, at, at using, getting the most out of his, 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 uh, his weapons there. So I'm sure he will put Jameis in, in, in a good position, at least, uh, be serviceable. And Jameis Winston's not the worst quarterback ever. I mean, obviously he got a lot of flack for all these interceptions he threw in Tampa, but I mean, he's a, he's a serviceable quarterback and he has weapons around him, you know, the receiver is obviously Alvin Kamara, 
uh, in the tight end. It's he has he has those things there. So um, I'm sure they'll they'll squeak they'll sprinkle in a little bit of Taysom Hill, and Taysom will get more more snaps than probably he would have mm-hmm. if Drew Brees had been healthy and playing. But um, I don't I don't I don't think it's doom and gloom for the Saints. They're seven and two. I think if you, you know, worst case scenario, you can get to, you can get to 500 before Drew comes back. That's great. They might even do better than that. So. Uh, I was in times like these. I lean, I lean to the coaches, and 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 I've always been a big Sean Payton guy. Bronson, I agree with you too. I mean, their schedule isn't too tough. I think they have Atlanta twice. Um, yeah, De- they have Denver. So if if he misses three games, um, twice, two with the Falcons, one with Denver. Um, definitely can see them going two and one and still being nine yeah. and three. So, yeah. It's like, don't, the, don't the Falcons play the Saints like twice in like fourteen yeah. days? Is, is yeah, like play, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's it's um, I think the Steelers are like that with uh, is it with Baltimore with um, with Cincy? I think we have Cincy right right after Baltimore again. But um, yeah. but but no, uh, yeah, the the Saints. I I think they're not going to miss a beat without Breeze. Um, we saw it last year when Bridgewater stepped in. They they go and get a Jameis Winston because. And Winston d- agreed to sign there because he knew, you know, I might get a shot if Breeze has to miss a few games uh, to to show what I got to to maybe go to my next team. So uh, I think we talked about that way back in an early episode about yeah. predict- predicting where quarterbacks land. Um, but uh, but the the Saints will be just fine. They they do got to watch because Tampa's right on their heels, but they do hold the two the they they swept the series, so they hold the tiebreaker over yeah. Tampa. Um, the Saints are definitely a playoff bound, and they'll get Breeze back, and they're going to be a threat for sure. So yeah, the, Sa- the Saints, when healthy, have made have made playthings of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, uh, so uh, they're definitely not worried of, about Tampa, but I, I think they'll squeak by too, Frank. And uh, just moving on here, I guess before we uh, our last recap here, I just kind of want to roll my eyes as I read the headline here. I mean, the the Browns squeak by the. The Houston Texans in, in a low-scoring game. You had a lot of win there. Mm-hmm. You had um, you had Nick Chubb run, running out of bounds at the one-yard line to uh, to prevent the touchdown. They he did the two- smart thing. He did the let's run clock. A lot of teams didn't do it. Penn State against Indiana well, didn't do it. I one thing too, Frank, and I want to I want to I want to compare both of them because uh, we it's been a while since recorded. That did we talk about the Lions Falcons game a few weeks ago when when Devontae oh, yeah. when Todd Gurley like fell he he tried to like they tried to pull the the Westbrook where he tried to fall down at the one so then he like kind of realizes at the last second he needs to fall down and then he yeah. falls and then in falling the Scores. ball crosses the ball yeah. crosses the goal line and allowed the the Lions to come back in the two point conversion to win the game and. And uh, I think maybe Nick Chubb maybe saw visions of that in his head. He takes the step out of bounds, which not only killed fa- his fantasy owners, not only killed betters. the Texans, but killed the betters. That's the most important yeah. thing to kill the betters. <laughs> a lot of people angry at that, but uh, they allowed them to run the clock out. The Browns squeak by the Houston Texans. This is kind of one where you give both sides a, a, a not a, a pretty much a failing grade. Although the Browns, ha- I think the Browns really have to get a hold of themselves, Frank, and realize that they are a running team. They are a yeah. running team. You can you know, air Baker all you want, but you got Nick Chubb, you got you got Kareem Hunt, you got that that back to back there as a, um, you got that back to back power there as a Tyler Lockett scores a touchdown mm-hmm. for the Seattle Seahawks here on this Thursday night game the, to go up. Oh, what's that, Frank? Fourteen seven. If they make the point after, yep. Yeah. So yeah, a little toe tapper, but uh, I think I think the Browns really need to get a hold of themselves and realize that their bread and butter is running the football, 
and that's how they, that's how they should be winning games. They do win, just win, baby. So they get another win to add more pressure on the on the the NFC North uh, counterparts there. So uh, Frank, uh, it was it was a it was an ugly game, but the Browns will take the win. And uh, what are your thoughts on on this game? I watched most of this game too. It was on. It was uh, the early Fox game. Uh, and, of course, and Frank, not to cut you off, but of course I jinxed them. They missed the extra points. Did they? <laughs> it is thirteen seven. Continue. Um, the uh, I watched this game. It was the early Fox game in our area, and uh, it was just crazy to see the the win. This would have been a good one for betters to pick the under. Um, with all the it was three nothing going into the fourth, but Nick Chubb returning from injury, um, he just looked looked amazing. He just chewed up the Texans defense and uh, was breaking big run after big run, pounding the ball. Um, great running back out of Georgia. That that class of Sony Michelle. And uh, and Nick Chubb and and it was Todd Gurley before that and now DeAndre Swift. Uh, Georgia is running back you, and um, I'm, I think I'm even missing one more. But uh, I can never remember all these Georgia running backs. But um, he was just what a bruiser. And then they have Kareem Hunt as the backup. You can kind of a different change of pace can catch the ball. Um, Cleveland is a run team. Kevin Stefanski knows it, and he's actually a guy that might actually come in here and do something right for the Browns. Um, take the pressure off Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is not. I don't think. I don't think he's in the class of some of these studs that we talked about early. I don't think he's in Lamar and Kyler Murray and mm-hmm. you know the jury's still out on Tua and Herbert. Great starts. We don't know yet, but um, Baker Mayfield. He was a Heisman winner. He was a number one overall pick. Um, you look at Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield. That's your last four Heisman winners. Um, Baker doesn't seem to fit in with those other three. Um, he's serviceable. He can win He can win you a game. He can be a gunslinger, but the interceptions are high. The decision-making, the staring down the receivers, a lot yeah. of stuff. He's, he's got to work on stuff, and I think Stefanski will help. I think that relationship will grow. Um, but the Browns are a scary team if they play defense. Miles Garrett's a force. Yeah. Um, as much as Steeler fans hate him, he's a great player. Um, Nick Chubb, if you can stop the run and run the ball, that's always a great formula. And, um, yeah, the Browns are a force to be reckoned with this, this game was ugly, but they got it done. They don't drop pictures in the scorecards. I think that's something Bob Barry has, <laughs> but, um, you know, that was a, it was a good game and Cleveland's right there for a wild card spot too. So, and not to, not to correct you, Sonny Michelle was the other Georgia running back you were talking about. Yeah. I, I met, I, I sent Michelle, but I, and oh, really. Gurley was a little bit before them, yeah, and then and then it was Michelle and Chubb, and I, I swear there was another one, but I, maybe I'm thinking of DeAndre Swift li- lately. But um, was, um we'll no, to... no, I was I was I was watching the game here. They they were reflashing back to a Oklahoma quarterback here. Was that Jason White or who's the guy that runs around? <laughs> here? I don't think so. I don't know the Josh Heupel. Josh Heupel. Yeah, I believe that's probably who it is. Yeah, he's now coach at UCF, but yeah. uh. But Bronson, that leads me into a good segue um, to wrap up the NFL around the league. Um, saying Cleveland is a wild card contender. Who else do you think? You know, I'm going to pull up the standings and see how they look right now. Um, I, 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 how, do, how do you see? How do you see some of these races um, shaken out uh, in the NFL? Who do you got? Uh, who do you think some of the favorites for making the playoffs win the divisions as we stand uh, yeah, past um, past the halfway point now? Yeah, we're we're right there. Uh, we'll, we'll start. I'll start with the the, the National Football Conference. Uh, right now, we got the Cardinals and Seahawks playing tonight, and each 
each one of those uh, teams is six and three, along with the LA Rams. So that's a dogfight. But uh, um, I, I, I just can't. I mean, I know Russ is carrying the carrying the the, the mail there, but uh, I got. I, I can't go against the Seahawks. I feel like they're they're going to come out of this. Uh, not that I have any any uh, doubt of, of LA or Arizona, but I I stick with what's true, Frank, and and I I'm a guy who's not going to bet against Russell Wilson. So I guess at least the Seahawks coming out of there, probably the Cardinals coming out of there as a, as a maybe I don't I don't know how the wild card is going to work. I think the NFC least is going to throw a monkey wrench into that because. <laughs> your your first place in. you got to get one yeah, team in. Yeah, you got your, your the Philadelphia uh, Fly Eagles fly baby 3-5 and 1 first place of the NFC least. <laughs> the Giants at 3 and 7, the Washington football team at 2 and 7 and the Dallas Cowboys at 2 and 7, which is funny is the last place team is only a couple games out of first place. Um so I think you see what you want Frank in the 3 and 7 but the Giants are a tough out for teams now. They are they are a tough out. Uh, I don't know if they can sustain it all year, um, but uh, Philadelphia seemed to kind of have done a nosedive here, a little bit of a tailspin. It would not shock me to see the Giants come out of this, and their team, as you said, is in rebuild with, with Joe Judge as the coach. But they have proven to be a tough out, and the Giants deserve to win that game against the Eagles. Um, yeah, was it? Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, that was the game they, they they won. They they lost the 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 infamous uh, the infamous um, Daniel Jones uh, trip uh, trip as he's running <laughs> for the touchdown. They but, are uh, three and they're three and seven. They started zero and five, so yeah. they're three they're three and two in their last five. They do have uh, the Bengals and the Seahawks back to back on the yeah, road. So Daniel Daniel Jones has just been so he he just seen the weak spot, and he's a guy maybe we can throw in there too, Frank. Yeah, he's a guy that sees we forget about him. Bruce. Yeah, week by week improves. The um, the Washington football team, obviously, all their quarterbacks are seem to be getting knocked out, which is ironic because now the guy that takes over is the guy that was out of football for two years, Alex Smith. Um, obviously, you know, not the Alex Smith of a couple of years ago that we were used to seeing, uh, but it's a, a great story for him. And this will probably, no doubt, probably put him ahead of uh, Big Ben in the NFL Comeback Player of the Year award if he continues on the, the trajectory that he's on right there. Uh, but moving to the South, I, I mean, obviously the Saints are the Saints, um, but Tampa Bay, I know I'm being cheesy saying that, but <laughs> Tom, Tom Brady and, and his, his band of merry men uh, will will have a, a lot to say about that. I think the Falcons and, and Carolina Panthers are kind of, they're going to they're fade away and classify themselves as obsolete. Uh, one thing, Frank, we haven't covered, we have not covered because it's been a few years since we, a few years, a few weeks since we've uh, recorded, was Antonio Brown being activated and playing for, mm-hmm. for Tampa Bay. Bruce Arians said at the beginning of the year they were not going to sign him. And all of a sudden there was a change of, change of heart. I don't know if Tom Brady had any kind of influence there, but AB's there. Whole lot of money, doing getting some pretty good catches. He's been a good little soldier so far, Frankie. So we'll see how if that trend continues. And and now Brady just has unbelievable weapons there. Now Green Bay is the class of the NFC North. Um, I think it's hard to bet against the Bills. They'll be the one. Maybe if Tua Tagovailoa goes on a run, they'll have a chance of the wild card. Um, Colts and Titans are going to be are going to be clashing. You know, no pun intended. Clash of the Titans. <laughs> um, I tend I tend to favor Tennessee because I think they're just better as a overall team, even though the Colts have a very good defense. Uh, maybe you know, there's going to be that battle for the wild card. You're going to have Miami. Uh, I think in that I think Tennessee gets ahead of Indianapolis. You possibly have Indianapolis in that battle. Cleveland will be in that wild card battle as Pittsburgh and Baltimore will probably find their way in there. Uh, and then you and then 
not only do you have Kansas City, you know, just being Kansas City and dominating, Frank, very, very quietly and silently, the Las Vegas Raiders just, just win, baby. Mm-hmm. They've just been winning. We have not talked about the Raiders. National media is not talking about the Raiders, but we both yeah. they've been winning games. And they sit and, in a playoff spot instead of the yeah. Dolphins. The Dolphins are quiet too, and they sit right there in the five and six seats right now. Yeah. Gruden, I'll tell you what, man. Let everyone shine the light on Patrick Mahomes and the Steelers <laughs> and the Bills and the, the Wear your mask, coach. You gotta wear your mask. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to fly under the radar, man. Sneak into the playoffs and show them the Las Vegas Raider football is real about, man. Knock on wood if you're with me, man. Knock on wood. <laughs> Bronson, my take, um, I look at these wild card matchups because it's interesting this year with the extra team getting in. Yeah. And we're going to have some great battles because if you just looking at I have the standings listed by the wild cards and – I'm counting out the Vikings at this point at four and five. Yeah. Um, they're kind of inconsistent. So I am looking at three teams fighting for two spots, and it's the Rams, Seahawks, and Bears. Um, Bears with Nick Foles, Trubisky, who are they going to go with back and forth? Um, I, you have to count them. I, I would I would count them out. So I think the NFC might be pretty much set. Um with the exception if San Fran or Detroit or Minnesota or the Bears get hot. But the top seven look like Green Bay, New Orleans, Arizona, Philly, Tampa, L.A., and the yeah. Seattle. Um, I don't think much is going to change there. Obviously, seeding might. Whoever wins divisions changes the seedings. And if you you know, bump, that, bump out the Saints, they fall to a wild card. But um, those seven look like kind of a lock for the NFC. The AFC, um, a little bit more interesting because you have um, – Las Vegas, Miami, Baltimore, Cleveland, and Tennessee all tied at six and three. Um, and Indy leading the South at six and three. There is a logjam of six teams at six and three. The AFC is obviously the class of the league. It's the better conference of the two. Yeah. Um, there and you know, as I said, New England only a game and a half out of a playoff spot. Um, getting hot at the right time. So they were two and five. They've won their last two. Um, you can't count Belichick out yet. So you have of those one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams, you only have four spots for those seven teams. So it's going to be really interesting in the AFC. A lot of these teams are going to be playing each other down the stretch. It's going to get really interesting division wise. I think Pittsburgh, because of that three game lead on Baltimore, I think they keep the North. I think Kansas City obviously walks away with the West. I don't think they're – the Raiders have them again. I don't know if they'll sweep the Chiefs. It is in Vegas, but um, I think the Chiefs are going to get revenge there. Um, the East is up for grabs with Buffalo, Miami, and New England could sneak up. Uh, the South is obviously between uh, – it's it's probably between t- it's just Tennessee and Indy at this point, both at 6-3. and three. And um, – and then you got the wild cards, but uh, the AFC is going to be the much more interesting conference. I think, you know, I'd love to. See, I would actually like to see the Browns get in. I, you know, we don't. Steeler fans should actually hate the Browns, but I think it'd be interesting <laughs> to see them get in. Um, and and then obviously you talk about the the, the race for home field and the one seed is going to be interesting more than ever this year because it's the only team that gets the buy. And if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, you want to get that because you had your buy all the way back in week four because of COVID. So the Steelers could really use that bye week. So 
it is going to be a, a fun final seven seven games. Um, obviously, we'll be back for hopefully several more shows to uh, to go through how these races are playing out. But um, that's probably going to wrap up uh, around the league. Um, yeah. We do want to get into, and this, now this is a time of the show, Bronson, where your non-Steeler fans may want to tune out. Um, oh, we're gonna do the, we're gonna do the, <laughs> the, the old Mike and the Mad Dog. We're gonna do the, it's a wound, it's a loss. My Mike Francis impersonation. I know. It's a wound, I, it's a loss. And I hate doing that. I, every Steeler fan does it before the year. You kind of go through and do yeah. the dub, the win loss. And I had the Steelers at ten and six this year, and they're obviously one win away from matching oh, hey. that. So. They're they're gonna they're gonna do better than that, and so Bronson, I'm gonna rattle them off here, and I'm gonna ask you, when does their first loss come, if it comes, and how do they finish in their final seven? So uh, uh, I, I I can make it very quickly. Okay. It's gonna come. It's gonna and and I, oh geez, I can't even gonna say this because my <laughs> friends are gonna listen to the podcast and they're gonna say I'm not a believer. You know, God, you know, heaven forbid, I don't pick them to go 16 and 0. They're not going to go 16 and 0. Yeah. That loss is coming in the next two weeks. It's either coming Sunday or it's coming on Thanksgiving. If they, if they, because you know how they, Frank, you know how they get on the road against an inferior opponent. I'm really, I Ugh. am a little, I'm scared about this weekend. One and eight. Would that be the most no. lopsided loss? One Dude. and eight versus oh and nine and oh. That's what I mean. Ugh. I'm scared. I'm scared of this game Ugh. Sunday. <laughs> but, I, I feel like Tomlin's going to play the game, the footage of them versus Green Bay and say, do not take this team for granted. They gave Green Bay a run for their money. Uh, I hope so. But I feel like they could go down there. The, you know, the, the, Pittsburgh always plays much better on, at home than on the road. If they lose to Jacksonville, then they then they will they will two of the Ravens this year on Thanksgiving. But if they, if they uh, if they power by the Jags, I think they lose on Thanksgiving. I don't think they go to. I don't think they go to it in the next two weeks. I guess it's kind of a cop out. They will lose one of these two games. They will lose the Jacksonville. They'll lose to Baltimore. I I can't see a scenario of them losing to Jacksonville. I guess the only one would be if, Tomlin, it, was, if it was if it was at Heinz Field. I would say there's no chance they lose to Jacksonville. <laughs> but now that they have to go down to Tomlin. The, go, the, go, the only the ghost, thing I can the see ghost, the ghost of Plaxico Burris spiking the ball when he wasn't down by contact. <laughs> The ghost of Kent Graham not able to get sacked as the time ran off the clock. Those are the things that haunt me down there in Jacksonville. So, uh, it's if they don't lose, they don't lose uh, Sunday. They'll lose Thursday. So, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Just- okay. I, the Jacksonville game. The only thing I, the only thing I can think of derailing the Steelers is Tomlin's ego of rotting the ball because all week he's been hearing it from the media of what's wrong with the run game, what's wrong with the run game, and. The fact is the Steelers are just a pass first team and Ben's feeling it right now. And he has weapons. He has Washington and Claypool and Johnson and Juju and tight ends and Ebra. Like, yeah. They, they're, they're, they're a pass first team. They haven't needed to run the ball. And if they need to, they will. And Derek Watts hey. coming back. So, Hey, if, if you need, if you need any kind of good vibes for, for Jacksonville, at least the last time they had on Jacksonville, they almost lost trying to get AB as five catches for 50 yards. So that thing is doing, <laughs> so they, don't, they don't have to worry about doing that this time. So oh. if I can offer you a glimmer of hope, man, maybe that's that. But, uh, <laughs> I think Tomlin, no, if, if Tomlin tries to prove to the media, which he kind of does, I think sometimes that we can run the ball. They might try to play conservative and run the ball more than trying to, you know, put the pedal yeah. to the metal. 
you know, that maybe they have a 10 nothing, 14 nothing lead and they start trying to run the ball and not putting the team away and letting them hang around. But it's a rookie quarterback. I don't know much about this Luton, but um, I, I, I don't think the Jaguars, I think it's going to, maybe the Steelers don't cover because I think it's 13 or 14, but uh, I, I don't, I, I'm not going to predict a blowout. But then again, we were wrong about the Bengals and they blew them out. But it is on the road. I think the Steelers sneak squeak by. I think it's going to come ba- against Baltimore, and I alluded to this earlier. Um, Baltimore at home on Thanksgiving night. Uh, we are we already took the game in their house, and I don't know how many times in the Tomlin Harbaugh kind of history. I know Tomlin's twelve and thirteen in twenty five games, so they've yeah. they've played they've played about thirteen years now. I don't know how many times it's gone where the road team has won both games in the year. So yeah. that'd be interesting, but um. If we get the 10 and 0, that's a nice shiny number. That's exciting. Um, if it if it comes to an end there, it hurts against Baltimore because you'd love to just strengthen that ASC North lead. Um, if we lose to Baltimore, they get within two of us, and yeah. it starts to become it starts to become more tight. Where you can see a team that started 10 and 0 um, possibly fall to a wild card within a couple of weeks. It'd be crazy. Uh, yeah. We definitely would probably fall out of the one seed because Kansas City's not losing. So. Um, the, the the only other one left would be Buffalo away. Um, it's it's in here, Buffalo. Here, here's ahead. how I see it going, Frank. I'll, I'll be as quick as I can. Okay. They lose one of the next two. They'll beat Washington at home. They'll lose to Buffalo yeah. on the road. They'll beat Cincinnati. They'll beat the Colts. And I honestly, I think there's a good chance they lose to Cleveland on the road because Cleveland might have to use that game as a plan. Right. Pittsburgh may not have they may not have skin of the game in that last week, and mm-hmm. I think Cleveland might. Pittsburgh maybe might rest yeah. some guys, maybe rest Ben. You never know. Yeah. So I totally see Cleveland possibly winning that. So race. I can see thirteen and three too, which means yeah. we would finish. We would finish four and three in the final seven, but go thirteen and three, which sadly probably puts us behind Buffalo and behind. Possibly behind Buffalo and KC into the third, yeah. the three seed. So that would be that would be a shame for us to start uh, ten and zero and and then finish the three seed. But hopefully we can maybe um, go fourteen and two and be talking about for and, and, the and, one and, two seed. And by no means am I sleeping on the Colts, who have a really good defense. But I just think that I think that the Steelers' defense will home. get Philip Rivers. Yeah, they'll get to Philip Rivers. Yeah, that's but, uh, it. no. <laughs> I, I definitely think it's Buffalo if it's not if it's not Baltimore. So it, it, it would be crazy because we would be looking at 12 and 0 at that point, and we'd really be starting to get hear the buzz of the yeah. 72 Dolphins and the 07 Patriots. Like, is this team gonna do it? Um, if we get all the way to 12 and 0, man, that's gonna be crazy. But Buffalo on the road, we talked about a good Josh Allen, a good Buffalo yeah. team. I could possibly that could be that could be a, a nine and three versus twelve and zero really really strong matchup that the yeah. NFL might they might flex that into Sunday night football if it's if it's not um, if if they have the ability to do that but um but I do it's it's seven there's seven left and I don't see the Steelers winning them all it would be amazing do I really want it no because if it's too much pressure in the playoffs I think you got to get a loss or two out of the way and then and then get, get yourself ready for a deep playoff run so I agree with you Bronson it's coming I I, I can't really I, if I have if you make me pick one I think it's going to be against Baltimore which stings but um I think it's going to be against Baltimore or Buffalo for sure. And that's not going out on a limb, but those look like the toughest of the remaining games left. Yep. And Frank, the last thing we'll we'll hit our last thing on football here. 
Uh, just basically, I mean, we have a lot of, a lot of uh, topics, a little, little mini topics here to get to. But basically, your your assessment of the Steelers so far this year, um, the running game struggled last week, and it struggled the last couple weeks. Um, and with a lack of a running, can they win in a shootout? You know, if they're playing a team, you know, against Baltimore, KC, Green Bay, New Orleans, Seattle, Tampa Bay. Um, just, just, just how you think the Steelers will look so far and addressing some of these, you know, their defense on, they, 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 what, what did Seattle or Seattle, what did Cincinnati go on third down? They didn't convert a single third down. So that was a big deal. We, have, yeah, we improved that. Cause that was an area of concern and they improved big time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so just your, your, your outlook there. I've, I've kind of already, kind of already addressed some of these things in, in our, in our recap up, up, up at the, the top of the show. So I'll leave this to you and then I'll, I'll chime in on what, what points you got going on here. Yeah, I just kind of wanted to break down the Steelers. You know, um, they are 9-0. and The record's great, but is there anything that we can kind of, because we have the ability to do it, um, what can we nitpick? Um, you know, obviously 9-0, and super, super happy with the record, but what, where can they improve? Obviously, I mentioned it, the run game. Tomlin heard it from the media all week. You know, Connor's numbers, the carries are down, the yards are down. They're throwing the ball a lot. Um they're using the short pass game as a run game, which is kind of, you know, the same thing. A lot of screens. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm not concerned. Uh, you know, they've had, they've had some injuries on the offensive line. That's hurt the run, the run game. Um, I, I do worry, like we said, a little bit of an easy schedule. When you get into the playoffs, you might have to beat uh, Kansas city. Baltimore, possibly Buffalo, possibly a Tennessee again, um, and then you get further. And you, if you get the the, uh, the Super Bowl, you're going to take on Rodgers and Green Bay, Breeze and New Orleans, Russ and Seattle, or Brady and Tampa. It's probably going to be one of those four um, if you had to bet. So, can the Steelers actually, even though they're nine and zero, are they better than any of those teams? I don't think so. They're right there with them. A lot of power rankings that are out. You know, for a while, still had teams ahead of the Steelers, even though we were the only unbeaten. Yeah. A lot of people think. I think that Dallas think, game really left a bad yeah. taste in a lot of their mouths. Yeah, we didn't look great in a lot of our wins, so I I, I worry. Can we? You know, if if a team can find a way to beat our defense, because our defense has been so stout, um, I'm not sure that we can keep up in a shootout versus a, a Mahomes, or if we get into one with Lamar and Baltimore, can we go score for score? Um, we improved our third down defense. That was big. Tomlin's been making adjustments, which we've been critical of him before. I think his time management's been better than it has in the past as use of timeouts. Um, one thing I want to see is more quote unquote splash plays as Tomlin likes to, t- to call them the big plays, <laughs> the Steelers actually rank like 29th out of 32 in big plays which is considered like 20 yards or more we're, we're yeah. like near the bottom they're like near the bottom of the league we saw claypool get a few of these um he's kind of their guy that that provides those there's um, there's, like to... there's a guy on uh pro football focus i guess his article was today that uh he blames ben for not for chase claypool not being a bigger like rookie like they had a list of the top rookies and Chase Claypool wasn't on there, and I guess he blamed Ben for like not putting Chase Claypool in a position to to well. showcase his talents, which I think which I think is absolutely a tr- which absolutely just blasphemous of that article. Well, but. yeah, Claypool's already putting up great. What he had four touchdowns in a game. He's had two touchdown yeah. games. He's always involved. But Ben's starting to dink and dunk, and I don't know if it's the elbow surgery or if I think it's years of watching what Brady's done. And yeah. the Steelers, uh, this dink and dunk, it's all because they want to get the ball out fast. Ben can't take hits like he used to. He's up upper, upper 30s now. It's three-step drops, and it's out. 
and uh, a lot of short passes, and they, it gets the job done. So, like they say, lack of a running game. The Steelers are moving the ball regardless. So, until that stops, I, I'm not worried. Um, I, I'm not. I'm fine with thinking and dunking, but sometimes you need a big play, and I hope the Steelers have the ability to uh, to make some yeah. some more. You know. Ben's got to get the ball downfield more, some more Hail Mary type bombs and, and, and connect with Juju and Claypool on those. Um, and as I mentioned, the O-line, um, it has to get healthy there without Wisniewski still. Um, DeCastro, I think, is back um, in, in full strength, but uh, they've been banged up. And, and then the rest of the team just has to stay healthy. If this team can avoid yeah. a major injury, obviously to Ben, who I think should be in the MVP conversation, because you look at a guy, they've already outpaced their win total last year. Yeah. Um, Big, they're an eight and eight team without Ben, and they might be a 14 and two, 13 and three, 15 and one team with Ben. So he means so much to this team. They got to keep him healthy. Well, I think Nico Fitzpatrick, those guys need to stay healthy. They, yeah, they got to keep the defense healthy. They're getting Mike Hilton back, and he was out, so that's huge. Yeah. Um, obviously, Devin Bush is not hurting them yet. We'll see because Spillane's filling in pretty well. They got Williamson. Avery Williamson. Yeah, Avery Williamson. Yeah. The Jets. They brought in Williamson for depth and, uh, you know, middle linebackers can kind of be hidden because they have such a great pass rush, but that will come into play against a good team like KC or this. If we get to a Super Bowl against some of those good NFC teams, we're going to need everybody we got, but got to keep them all healthy. Um, not much that I can say wrong about the Steelers. I think they're going to correct some of the little things that have gone wrong. But on a 9-0 team, I can't say much. Um, I think overall there's not really that big of a weakness in, in any facet of their game. Yeah. You said it, Frank. I got, I got, I got nothing left for you. <laughs> I could use sediments. All right, Bronson. Well, a couple topics left, um, and then we'll give you our final thoughts. You know, Bronson and I always like to do a little bit of a rant about a, a, a random sports topic, but um, that's going to wrap up NFL. Um, we went a little long on the NFL, but that's fine. That's really the main the main draw right now in the sporting world is uh, with, with most of the sports being done um, is the NFL with hockey and basketball and baseball uh, have wrapped up. Um, I want to talk about uh, the Masters, and we don't talk about golf much on this show, Bronson, but it's the uh, the Tree, the Majestic Augusta National. I'm Jim Nance. Hello, friends. Hello, friends. <laughs> Welcome to Augusta National. Hello, we're, at hole, we're at hole number one here. It's called, it's called Magnolia, and you are <laughs> Bronson, <laughs> our, our resident sound guy. He was ready to cue it up. I, I didn't know Hello, he was friends. doing it until I, until I saw the until I saw the the phone that he was getting the the audio queued up. But the Masters took place in November for I think probably the first time ever. It's usually in April. It's usually yeah. the first. It's usually the first major of the yeah, year. The, the um, ratings the ratings took a bit of a hit, Frankie, going up against the NFL. Something you know, the Masters never does because up against football. So it took a little well, bit. Did of you hear what the, I think the NFL flexed a lot of games to four? And, yeah. Uh, the, the, I, that's that tells you how much power um, CBS and the Masters has because they got the NFL to move most of their games to four, so that uh, a lot of people could watch the at least you know the first ten holes or so before their games at four. But uh, I think the, the, it wrapped up uh, around five or so. But um, but no, the, the Masters moving to November. I was so happy that it wasn't one of the the events that had to be canceled because of yeah. the pandemic. Um, like we saw Wimbledon. You know the 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 um, big tennis tournament, the the crown jewel of every year, Wimbledon, 
easily could have been moved to November. They could be doing Wimbledon. They're doing other tournaments in tennis right now. They chose to just cancel it and, and not not wait for later. But the Masters said we're we're going to have it. We're going to have it in November. It's warm enough in Georgia. Um, and, and and one thing they didn't think of is you know it gets darker earlier in the fall. So they had to make up some of the first round actually on Friday. They had to start super early in the morning and, and finish the first round on the day of the second round. They had to finish some of the second round on the day of the third round. So they yeah. had some catching up to do because they don't have uh they obviously don't have lights and it it got dark. But uh um the Masters Dustin Johnson, the winner, and uh, he does it running away. He beats everybody by five strokes, 20 under, which is a master's record. And you have to, I don't know if there'll be an asterisk, and I don't think Johnson deserves that, but no. the course played a lot, the course played a lot easier in November. And I'll tell you why um, less humid. And, and I'm not an expert. I heard them talk about this during the broadcast, um, the humidity quite, quite lower than it is in April in Georgia, um, which if you think about um, uh, Coors Field and baseball, the thin air, uh, the ball travels a lot uh, a lot easier in thinner air. So with it being less humid, guys were able to drive a lot further. Um, the lack of fans, some say hurt, some say help, but a lot of guys probably could concentrate better without all the, the craziness of the, of the galleries following them around and, and making noise. Um, and obviously, I think a lot of the players said they missed it, but um, if, you, if you ask them um, behind the scenes, they, 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 they probably could concentrate a little bit more. Um, so a, a, a few things there that, you know, and they also said due to, due to it being November instead of April, the greens were a lot, uh, slower and easier yeah. to puddle. So, uh, that hasn't been said though. You can't take it away from DJ 20 under, oh. he really kind of led wire to wire. There were, there were some guys kind of <clears throat> this Caleb Smith, um, and, and a young Korean and, uh, Justin Thomas was near there, but there was really nobody threatening him. He, he kind of ran away with it. And, um, it was still an exciting four days of play. Um, I was watching a leaderboard closely. I was tuning in, I was watching the pre and post game. Um, but real happy for Dustin. Uh, a lot of people dislike him. He's kind of a polarizing figure in golf. Um, he had kind of an issue with some drugs, um, that he had to work through. He had to go to, I think he was in some rehab, but I, I look for the redeeming story. Um, you know, that, that's obviously behind him. He's got a, a, you know, a few majors under his belt. Now he's got a, his first green jacket. It's always exciting to see the, the, the guys get emotional as they win their first green jacket. And, uh, you got to see tiger who won it last year, uh, present him with the green jacket with Jim Nance and everybody in that famous clubhouse. So, um, Great tournament. Um, you got to see a lot of guys break through. Um, it was, you know, John Rahm is a guy that he was he was right around the conversation. Um, you know, Kepka's a guy that's always there. Um, uh, Tiger, he had he had a bad moment. He shot a ten on a par three, so he was seven over, and that kind of derailed him. But he was he was in the top twenty all week. He was he was under par and doing okay until that kind of. And I think he finished with a little run on birdies. So, um, but, uh, I'm excited. Colin Morikawa is a guy. It was his first majors. I think he's 22 years old. He won earlier in the year. 
um, and, and Matt Wolf is, is a guy. Those are two names to remember. Uh, Colin Morikawa and, and Matt Wolf are the kind of the next wave of guys um, to, to burst onto the scene. And uh, as I look forward to 2021, Bronson, um, hopefully we get all four majors in again next year. Um, Brooks Kepka is a guy that's kind of hasn't been in the winner's circle for a while. Does he get back to his dominance? Can Ricky Fowler get that first major? It's just he's an yeah. American. I, I root for him. Um, Rory is a guy, Jordan Spieth. These are guys that were dominating four or five years ago and they haven't kind of found their way back to the, to, to the top of the, the game. But, um, uh, you got a good mix, kind of like your quarterbacks. You got a good mix of young guys, um, old guys and Phil and tiger. They're still around and, and you got your steady guys like Justin Thomas and John Rom and Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka. um, so golf, golf is, is fun to watch. It's, it's, it's in a good place right now. Um, the pandemic didn't derail it too much. They were able to play without fans. So that was exciting that it wasn't a, a sport that really took a major hit. So I, I was excited to watch the masters and um, I'm excited to talk about it for our listeners. I don't think we've touched upon a lot of golf. So um, this being the biggest tournament of the year, I wanted to just give it a little bit of a love, give it a segment and uh Hopefully we can revisit it as we get back to 2021. Uh, you know, we'll be having uh, the players championship, I think in, in March or April, and we'll get back yeah. to the P the PGA and the masters next year. But, uh, you know, no, also just one quick note before I wrap up golf, check it out pretty soon. Uh, another celebrity match is coming up. And I think this time, uh, Steph Curry is going to be featured with tiger and Phil and Peyton Manning. So that, that one's coming up in a couple of weeks. So that's something to check out. That'll be yeah. exciting. Cause Ste- Steph Curry is actually a guy along with Tony Romo. It's kind of these, uh, celebrity players that actually probably could play on tour. They, they, they always dominate the, the pro ams. And, uh, some people say Steph Curry could actually compete at, at these big events. So that, that one's something to something to look out for, but, um, I'll try to find the date for that and let you guys know. But, yeah. uh, that, that, yeah, that's that's all. I just wanted a short segment on golf there, Bronson. Yeah, I, I, no, that's fine. At least I I watched a little bit of the third round. I, I I love I I love to play golf. Watching it for three four days straight, not something I do. I do I do always make it a habit to watch the third round of the final day of the Masters and and what an incredible performance with Dustin Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he played well. Um, I wasn't. I was trying to follow some other guys too, Frank. Names that I've heard of. Obviously, your your usuals. Your Dustin. Obviously, Dustin. Your Brooks Kapka, Ricky Fowler, uh, Rory McIlroy, uh, Jordan Spieth, um, and obviously Tiger and Phil. The you know the legends right there. Also, I like to check out. You know, I was curious to see how Bryson DeChambeau would would perform. Patrick. Oh, Reed. I forgot about him. Yeah. But, yeah, those guys. So, um, I don't know a whole lot about Rom. I don't know a whole lot about Wolf or Morikawa. So. Those are, those are guys that that, that I'll, I'll definitely be looking at for sure. Uh, like I said, usually I watch from the the big, the major tournaments and and uh, discovering the game of golf and playing it for the last couple of years. It's really made me really appreciate the love of the sport, Frank. But yeah, I mean, other than really Sunday in the afternoon, I didn't watch too much of the Masters, so I kind of let you have that have that that uh, that platform. And I knew you watched more, and you're into <laughs> it, so. I let you have that, my man, and uh, I'm definitely looking forward to what 2021 will bring to the, the PGA Tour for sure. And moving on, Frankie, um, before we wrap things up, um, last time we recorded, we did not have a World Series winner. That shows you how long that we were. Yeah. The LA Dodgers finally, finally broke the bugaboo. They finally got, they finally got their World Championship. Uh, they defeated the Tampa Bay Rays in six games. 
all upon the 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 uh, all upon the beautiful MVP winning performance of Corey Seager. Obviously, some little sprinkle of, of uh, obviously you have a World Series team. A lot of a lot of guys contribute. See, so had some timely hits by Will Smith and and Cody Bellinger and and obviously Justin Turner, who uh, found out on the eve of the of Game Six or the set during the second inning, I do believe that. He did, in fact, test positive for the coronavirus, so he was yanked out of the game early. Um, a lot of controversy at the end of the game when the Dodgers did clinch the World Series. Uh, he actually did go out and take pictures with the trophy and was on the field during the celebrations and in the clubhouse. Um, that was a big deal. Um, I was pretty out, outspoken with my friends and things. That uh, I mean, just a just a Bronson Almond opinion that doesn't reflect the opinion of Frank Conti, next level nerd, or <laughs> or, or, or the sports cast here, but. Uh, you know, I didn't see a big issue with it, Frank. I thought he was in the clubhouse with the team all day. He was no mm-hmm. more a threat to them after the game than he was during the afternoon in, in batting practice with the team. Um, if I'm if I'm Justin Turner, I put a mask on, I go out, you know, social distance, do do what you can do, take a picture with the trophy, celebrate because you never know when you'll win another one of these again, Frank. Uh, I would have did all of it, and I would have said. You know, Rob Manfred, whatever penalties you're going to give to me, give me the penalty because I may never win another. At that point, the season's over. The season's over. That he's not jeopardizing the bubble or a game seven or anything else. So I agree with you. I I I would I would I would have did everything. I would have celebrated. I would I would have popped the champagne. And you know, I get I get it because maybe because the players' families are out there too. I understand that. I I, and as as I prefaced in my little rant here, I would have made sure I at least kept some sort of social distancing. You know, maybe me. You know. Justin Turner, obviously, you know, around his family, and you know, maybe you know, take some pictures of the trophy, and maybe you know, peel out of sight there. But at least, at least, have some picture, have the group team picture, and have a, a picture with the trophy because you know, you never know when you'll win another World Series. And and Justin was a huge, uh, a huge ingredient of that of that Dodgers World Series winning team. And and uh, I wanted the Rays to win. I sentimentally, I wanted, I, I was pulling for them. But uh, it, you, you tip your cat to the Dodgers. Uh, manager Dave Roberts and, and that entire uh, baseball club, Clayton Kershaw. The jokes have been there for years. You know, not clutch, can't win the playoffs. I was very happy to see him win win a World Series, and he's still, I guess, going nuts celebrating. He's been, yeah, I guess, he said today on social media, he's been playing. We are the champions, like ad nauseum. <laughs> and his kids are getting tired of it. Everyone's getting tired of it, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, he deserves it, man. He really, he really brought it. And I, I kind of jumped the, the gun a little bit here uh, uh, before I, uh, I give it to the, the, the Dalai Lama over here and let him, uh, you know, bestow upon us his baseball knowledge. But Frank, I, I didn't want, I didn't want the Dodgers to win. I wanted the race to win, but I was still entertained. It was a great series, and I, and I had some friends who were Dodger fans, so I'm happy for them. My friend Melissa, who, who lives in California, a lifelong Dodger fan, I'm happy for her. Uh, that she got to see her Dodgers win the World Series, so uh, that that was worth it for me to see her post excel, you know, excited and celebrate and celebrate that. So, uh, Frank, what 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 would you take away from the World Series uh, and and the MLB season as we knew it? Well, Bronson, that was very well done. Uh, you call me the Dalai Lama of baseball, and usually you toss it right away. But you gave me a good break because I just uh, was out of breath from the Masters. So <laughs> you talked, you talked. So partners too, brother. So you talked quite uh, quite eloquently about baseball and, and what how I could definitely tell you watched some of that series. So very well done. But uh, thanks for the toss up. Yeah, I mean, it was a great series. And I obviously the uh, a key moment was this game four crazy ending. If you haven't seen it, go back and watch it again. But yeah. uh, <laughs> bottom of the bottom of the ninth and Tampa Bay's 28th man on their roster, Brett Phillips. 
um, comes up to pinch hit, wide-eyed, probably nervous against one of the top closers um, in recent memory, Kenley Jansen. Not not great as great as he once was, but still intimidating presence. Um, gets two strikes on him, so you really think they're done and and they're about to fall three games to one down. Um, lines a, lines a single in the center field, ties it. Ball gets bobbled and kicked around by the Dodgers. They send Randy Arozarena for the winning run. He's dead to rights, dead out. But the catcher, Will Smith, tries to tag before he has the ball. It gets away. Arozarena stumbles and falls. So he would have been dead out because he fell. But he gets up after the ball's dropped and scores. It was just a crazy ending. Tampa Bay has all the momentum going into a game five. It's a best out of three at that point. They have momentum. They have Snell and Glassnell waiting. Um, but it tells you how resilient the Dodgers were and how I wonder about the locker room after that game. And Dave Roberts had a big challenge to just tell the guys to, as Clint Hurdle will say, shower this one off and come out tomorrow, listen, we still have Bueller, we still have Kershaw, we still have the best lineup. We still, it's th- there's three games left and we got to win two of it. Put this behind you. If I was a fly in the wall at that clubhouse, I'm thinking that's what Dave Roberts said, and I like it. I think he's a great manager, and I was happy for him because, they ha- yes, they have the high pay rule, and you hear about it, and it's their third try. Um, they lost to Boston and to the Astros. The Astros kind of cheated their way to that title. So the Dodgers kind of had my sympathy there, but they get over the hump and get that world series ring. They get it for Clayton Kershaw kind of cements his legacy now of, as one of the all time greats, obviously a first ballot hall of famer. If they win or lose that series still, but um, good to see Clayton Kershaw get one. Corey Seager a breakout. He wins MVP. I think he was MVP of the uh, the uh, round before as well. So he was really just finally coming into his own as as one of the top shortstops in the game. He's battled injury over the last couple of years, but Corey Seager is a dominant player now in the middle of that lineup. The Dodgers just were well-rounded. Um, Tampa did it. They were kind of the ragtag team of they put together a small payroll, and it's it's so commendable, and I root for them because of it. But at the end of the day, 1 through 28, the Dodgers just had the better lineup. They ended up having the better bullpen. They had the better bench. Um, and their starters and were, were even their bullpen game where they had to throw in Gonsolin and May and Gratterall and guys like Floro and Gonzalez. They really went lefty righty well. Um, Dave Roberts pushed a lot of the right buttons. Um, so the Dodgers win it in six. Now you look towards 2021 and you, you think, can the Dodgers repeat? If it's going to be a full 162, um, the Dodgers are going to be a favorite again. And you can't um, not talk about what difference Mookie Betts made. Um, He's a guy, the Dodgers have pretty much the same team as those first two runs, but what did they add? They add an MVP in Mookie Betts. So when you have Cody Bellinger and Mookie Betts in the same outfield, that's, that's two MVPs. Um, And he just does it all. He's, he, he's the leadoff hitter that they needed. They needed to get more right-handed. He's a right-handed bat. Um, He's and then you know they locked him up. I think thirteen years, three hundred million something. So that's that's the benefit of having the the big payroll because Mookie Betts is going to be a Dodger for life now. But um, he's he's kind of the guy. I think obviously Mookie Betts and then the emergence of the young star uh, pitchers Gonsolin, May, 
um, guys like that. Um, finally, and getting like guys contribution from guys like Max Max Muncie and um, and Kike Hernandez and Chris Taylor and Jock Peterson. Um, just just a, a a complete team, and it was it was their year. And uh, as much as like Bronson said, I was rooting for the race too because I I like the underdog, I like the low payroll. Um, I even, I root for guys like Glassnow and Meadows because you know they were kind of the young pups that the Pirates drafted and groomed. You hate to see it happen in a different city, but um, I, I you know just because they came up in the Pirates system, I was kind of excited to watch them on the big stage. But Dodgers get it done, Bronson. Um, now we look towards 2021. It's uh, it was a successful kind of playoff bubble that the that the MLB did expanded playoffs with the the extra round, and then they moved to a bubble, and it, it, you know no positive test until like you mentioned Turner the very last game, so nothing was derailed there. They got their 60 games in, they got their playoffs in. Uh, so kudos to Rob Manfred and everybody over at uh, MLB. Yep. Yeah. And. Um... They they were able to squeeze it in. It was it was good to them in the NHL to get their seasons in and uh, uh tremendous effort by the Dodgers. I felt, you know, I have always grown up a big uh not only the Pirates always being my number one team, but I was always a big Astro fan back to the Killer Bees. Um so I was kinda I kinda had that emotional like, you know, enjoyment when they won the World Series and then to find out, you know, all the stuff that that was, you know, that came out about that team and it just kinda heartbreaking and kinda really made me mad that I believed in basically uh, believed in a, a false, you know, a false narrative basically. And, and so I did feel for the Dodgers, you know, maybe they, they deserved to win that year, but it's awesome that, you know, that they were able to get it done this year. And, and like you said, Clayton Kershaw is one of the, one of the, the best of all time. And, and he, and he, he deserved it. He deserved a world series and I'm glad he got one. Um, I've always been a big Dave Roberts fan when he, even when he played, so now that he's he's a skipper. I'm glad he he got that he got his he got a World Series ring as a manager. Um, and you you mentioned and you were great to mention guys like Max Muncie and Jock Peterson. Uh, I'm a big fan. I like Jock Peterson a lot. Um, so um, I'm a I, I I was I really came away really happy about how how the season ended. And I don't I don't delve into baseball as much as I used to, but baseball was one of my first loves of, of sports. And and so I always I always feel a little bit of a, a kinship to baseball. Um, and just looking forward to 2021, Frank, and uh, not to break any news. It happened this morning, or maybe even last night. But uh, uh, a lot of teams on the on the up on the up and coming, and maybe you know maybe the Yankees, some of the stars, but maybe. But the Mets will be without former Yankee uh, Robbie Cano, who will be he will miss the entire 2021 yeah. season PED uh, test. Uh, you know, obviously violated the PED policy. And he I think will it's his second offense. I think it's his yeah. second offense, which second. gives him a whole year. Yeah, yeah. Because well, not... it's eighty games. First game, first offense is eighty games. Second offense is a whole year. Yeah. Yeah. So he will he will not be playing in twenty twenty one. So wow. a major hit to the the New York Mets organ, uh, organi- organization, as the the hockey folk call that. But they uh, have new ownership. Bronson, uh, the Cohen, one of the Cohen brothers, I think, bought okay. the Mets. And um, how close? They... How close was? Uh... <laughs> a- how A-Rod. Close, yeah, how close was A-Rod and J-Lo to, to buy? They were the close. Match? They were in the final too, and they went to Cohen. Yeah. But uh, they're going to throw money around. And with the news of Cano breaking, they immediately entered the DJ LeMahieu talks oh, okay. now. So could he move across boroughs there and and leave the the Yankees and join the Mets? So we'll see. Or do the Mets try to you know trade to replace Cano with uh, 
somebody that's out there on the trade market. But now that 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 leads me to a good. I mean, you, you talk about the Mets; they're they're a team to watch. Um, as we look towards twenty twenty one, the Padres made great strides with yeah. all the moves they made. The young stars they have, do they make one more splash this offseason? Um, Francisco Lindor is a guy that's being dangled by the Indians. So do one of these juggernauts add him to the, the team? I'm hearing Toronto is really interested. They would move Bo Bichette to third. Um, it, Lindor would be a rental, which is interesting. He's only got one year left on the deal. So the Indians want to cash in because they pretty much figure he'll walk after 21. Yeah. So they'd love to they'd love to cash in. What team is willing to take on Lindor as a rental to maybe win a ring? Um, is it Toronto? Is it San Diego? They have they have Fernando Tatis Jr. So you'd have to hope the DH is still around and you can maybe alternate them into some yeah. shortstop. Shortstop DH, Tatis maybe play some third, something like that. Um, Cincinnati Reds are a team that's trying to go up and coming. They they would love to lure Lindor across state, but they're also a team that can't afford them long term. And can they yeah. trade a bunch? Can can a team trade a bunch of assets for a one year rental, or does Lindor go to a team that can afford them long term, like the Dodgers or the Yankees or the Angels or the Mets? So yeah. that what that's there's going to be. I love the hot stove season, is what they call it. It's all the the big rumors and signings and trades and the baseball off season. Um, so I'm, I'm exciting for that, you know, kind of hear who's going to go where and what teams are going to try to load up to, to dethrone the Dodgers. The Phillies are one disappointing year. They missed the playoffs despite it being an expanded 18 playoffs. The Phillies missed out um, with Joe Girardi at manager and the, the, the money they're committing and uh, what they gave to Bryce Harper they need to make a splash. Do they do they re-sign Real Muto? Do they try to bring in a Lindor? Um, do they try to make a, another big signing? So Trevor Bauer is the top pitcher, rumored to go to either the Mets, uh, the Angels, or the Phillies, or the Yankees, which would be interesting because Garrett Cole and Trevor Bauer were college teammates, and it's been rumored that they didn't get along. Mm-hmm. Um Bauer has kind of squashed that and said, you know, we're older now. We've kind of buried that. So uh, they were picked number one and number three in the 2011 draft. Yeah. Uh, the Pirates Pirates picking Cole first and uh, the Diamondbacks picking Bauer third. But um, but no, yeah, baseball is exciting. It's one sport that kind of stayed on the correct calendar during this pandemic. Um, they started late, but they still finished in uh, October. So their off season is still is going to be normal now. Hockey's yeah. off se- hockey's off season is really strange. You usually mention you call it like the big free agent summer, but it's in the fall this year. So. Yeah, it was, it was weird too, Frank, is uh, I don't know if you've been watching uh, Root Sport or I keep calling it Root Sports, at and Sports. Yeah, too. They've actually been showing uh, uh, Penguin games from last season because, you know, know. This, this is the time they, they have would, the air time to fill. Yeah, yeah. They, this is the time they'd be showing live games and, mm-hmm. and now with the, the, the pandemic and how the season's been kind of shook up, they don't have any contests now. They've just been showing games from last year. Um, yeah, that that'll do with with the with the baseball world, uh, uh, the recap of the last season. Um, obviously, stay tuned to uh, NLN Sportscast and uh, the Dalai Lama will break down the uh, the off season and who went where, and he will he will always bestow upon us his uh, his great baseball knowledge. But we are going to wrap up. Um, we are going to wrap up uh, um, the the show with our final thoughts. Um, and, uh, actually I'm going to start off because Frank I just and I made talk- a change. Yeah. 
well, live no, on the good. air. I mean, it's good because <laughs> I, 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 as I always do, I vulture everyone's segments, and I'm not going to vulture Frank's segment, but I know what he's going to talk about, and <laughs> and he knows how how nerd how nerdy we get about his topics. So it, it could be something that we may talk like ten it'll minutes. Be a co, it'll be a co. Yeah, rant. it's fine. Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> and I feel like I always harbor, but my my final thought is um, last this past Sunday was kind of weird. We we didn't have a, a week with with NASCAR because the season ended two weeks ago, and um, Chase Elliott did win the NASCAR uh, Cup Series championship. He is the this will make it the third or maybe fourth father and son championship combo in NASCAR history. Ned and Dale Jarrett both won the championship. Um, Ralph and Dale Earnhardt won the championship and Lee and Richard Petty won the championship. So with Chase winning, he is the the son of, of, of NASCAR legend, Bill Elliott. Uh, a lot of people remember Bill Elliott. If you're kids, he drove the McDonald's number 94 car. Um, other cars, the number nine cores, you know, Budweiser, um, then went to, uh, in 2001 with a Dodge and helped that program before racing part-time for a few years and then retiring. But Chase Elliott grew up in the NASCAR the atmosphere and the environment and he ever since he was a kid he wanted to race and obviously his 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 uh, rise to fame has been chronicled um obviously you know with his his uh his last name opening doors but that may have opened doors but chase's performance has kicked them open and he did win the nascar championship and i take nothing away from chase's championship uh well deserved uh, he did win five races this year but uh frank a lot of controversy was called in the, the nascar chase process because um I guess I want to take you through a little bit of a history lesson. Uh, up until around the early around the early mid two thousands, the NASCAR championship was decided basically based on points, about consistency through you know thirty six or less Cup races. Um, Jeff Gordon, a four time champion, Dale Earnhardt, and obviously Richard Petty, a seven time champion. Uh, they won that title through this kind of points um, points process, the old points process, where you it was awarded consistency, uh, but. Uh, over uh, around, let's say around the mid '90s into the early 2000s, uh, a lot of the new era of NASCAR and, and even some of the old era kind of saw flaws, Frank, in, in the how the NASCAR championship was awarded. In 1996, uh, Terry Terry Labonte, Jeff Gordon's teammate, you driver of the number five uh, Kellogg's Cornflake Chevy Monte Carlo, uh, he ended up beating Jeff Gordon for the championship. But and he only won t- he only won two races that year, Frank. He was consistent all the way through. He actually won the championship. Uh, the last few weeks there with a broken hand, Jeff Gordon dominated that year, won 10 races and finished second in the championship. So that left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. And then we came around the 2003. This was Jimmy Johnson's, I believe, second year, second full year in the NASCAR Cup Series. He would end up losing the championship by 80 points or 90 points, excuse me, to Matt Kenseth. Matt Kenseth won the championship with a 90 point uh, margin, but Matt Kenseth only won one race that entire year. So, a lot of the the casual fans, you know, kind of, you kind of wonder, you know, hey, Ryan Newman won eight races that year. Kurt Busch won four races that year. Jimmy Johnson won three. Gordon three. Um, you know, a lot of. So it was these kind of finishes, Frank, that kind of led NASCAR to realize that you know, if they want to, if they want to reward winning and they want to cater to the casual fan, they made the, the chase for the cup, and it was a tournament playoff style racing where you in a thirty six race season. You compete the the twenty six races are to get in the playoffs, and the last ten are to uh, you know determine the race. And you win to advance, and obviously if the, if there isn't enough wins to fill the spots, then points then take precedent. But uh, big controversy, Frank, uh, especially in the, even the lower series 
where sometimes the guy gets a win early in the year and then wherever the championship finale is, if it's a track that we have one driver is better at than another, then it kind of benefits them. But it really hit ahead this year, Frank, and I'm kind of maybe speaking from a – I'm not really being uh, down the middle here. I'm a big Kevin Harvick fan. Kevin Harvick won nine races in this uh, COVID-shortened NASCAR season. Absolutely dominated the, ser- the series this year. Um, but uh, in the, the round of eight, which would go down to the round of four – Kevin Harvick did run into some uh, some bad luck. Uh, there was some big rain in Texas. They started the race uh, with it being wet. Kevin Harvick slipped, hit the hit the hit the uh, the wall, damaged his fender. Uh, then they end up calling the race, and then four days later, because it rained for four days straight, they had the race, and Kevin Harvick was basically unable to basically fix his way through the race and you know fix the car and get it through. So bad performance there. It was a bad performance the week after that in Kansas. And then it came down to Martinsville where he's, you know, not not a horrible driver, there, but it's really not one of, his, one of his better tracks. And basically, long story short, he didn't make the championship four. A guy who won nine races, who absolutely dominated the season, did not make the championship four. Not saying the guys who didn't make it weren't deserving, but uh, I, think, I think if you really want to put NASCAR prominently out in front, you want to put your best drivers in the chance to win the championship. I think that left a lot of a bad taste and a lot of hardcore racing fans mouth mine specifically because i'm a big kevin harvick fan um but chase Elliott did win the championship he was deserving he had to win at martinsville to get in he won at martinsville and got in won at phoenix won the championship i don't take anything away from chase Elliott, um but but kevin harvick um should have been in the championship four i know a lot of the nascar diehards uh a lot of former racers like Kenny Wallace, you know, made a big deal. Maybe, maybe if you win a certain amount of races a year, Frank, it, it guarantees you a a spot in that championship four. Like if Harvick, you know, if he won nine races next year, he already has a spot in that four, the championship four. And I feel like there's a way you can kind of hybrid the system. I know you want to reward wins, but you also need to reward uh, performance all season long, not just you know drop by all year then and catch a few breaks in a couple of weeks and and get a chance in that championship four. But uh, the the way that the way the process was left a bad taste in my mouth, Frank. Uh, maybe something they can improve on, and you know, in the years upcoming, the the new gen cars will be here in 2022. They're going to push it back a year because of COVID. Um, um, one last thing before I turn it over to you. Congrats to Chase. And we did not cover, Frank. Um, one thing I think you, you'll be excited about was the formation of the 2311 Motorsports team with Denny Hamlin and, uh, and the majority owner, Michael Jordan. They will drive the number, they'll be the number 23, uh, the Chicago Bull colors and, and schemes. <laughs> and uh, Bubba Wallace, who we've talked about a lot this year on the, on the, on the, on the program. He will be the driver. Denny Hamlin will be part owner and Michael Jordan. So Michael Jordan uh, self-professed to be a lifelong NASCAR fan, even in his uh, younger years uh, growing up in North Carolina, uh, being a big Richard Petty fan and going to the races with his father. is now going to invest in NASCAR. He had already been uh, sponsoring Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin has the Jordan brand, and that started when Denny Hamlin uh, was a, his season ticket holder to Hornet, well, Bobcats slash Hornets uh, there. And uh, he met Michael Jordan. They developed a relationship. Michael sponsored him, and now him and Michael Jordan are now embarking on this huge deal. Now, now they will be they will be owning a team, and and Bubba Wallace will be there driving the Toyota, the twenty three Toyota. Um, it's the team name is called twenty three eleven. It's twenty three XI, twenty three eleven Motorsports. So I know the casual fans will be really excited. You know, Michael Jordan is gonna is gonna put his his, his hat in the NASCAR ring, and you know, you know, Frank, you know how Michael Jordan gets. He, He's not. He he said, "I'm in it to win." He's not. He's mm-hmm. not going to accept second best. He's not going to accept average performances. You know, Michael Jordan is a competitor at heart, and and he will do whatever he can to make this team win. And now I turn it over to Frank, who will talk about something that both of us 
are very passionate about. Well, Bronson, I appreciate the um, the rant on NASCAR. It's something that I'm starting to learn more about as I do these podcasts for you because I'm a, not a not a NASCAR watcher or fan. Um, yeah. I, I do. I the glory days for me were the like you mentioned Jeff Gordon. I remember the yeah. Jeff Gordon, Dale Earnhardt Sr., Tony Stewart. I, I, a lot of those names I used to tune in here and there. Um, I agree with you on the format change. If you have such a great regular season, they have to, you know, do something with that where you're not eliminated so soon. Golf is kind of that way with the FedEx Cup. Yeah. Um, golf has four majors and then this FedEx playoff thing where you gain points every every tournament and then you have this final thing. Well, a guy could win three majors and then like fall off the map and like he should have like a, a head start in the FedEx cup and they don't yeah. wait it. They don't wait it well enough this year. They tried something new with COVID and I liked it. They actually um, gave guys like a head start. Like Dustin Johnson was in first place. They let him start the, the tournament at, at like 11 under instead of zero. Yeah. Because that's how they factored in his like season performance. Yeah. They gave, they gave him like a actually stroke b- benefits. So I don't know if they'll keep that in a normal year, but um, yeah, that's, that's unfortunate to, to see him, uh, you know, have that such of a, such a great regular season and then have that little, you know, that wreck and it kind of derailed the, the playoffs. But, um, yeah. but no, uh, great, great ran on, on, um, on NASCAR Bronson. Um, I want to turn to my final thought, which is going to be the get some hockey talk in here. It's been a whole episode of no hockey talk, Um, but uh, the NHL came out kind of a little bit of a a fun thing with reverse retro jerseys. And, you know, most NHL teams have a a home and away. Um, One of the the few sports left, uh, you know, the NBA, they're kind of trying to the NBA has five or six jerseys, some of these teams. So hockey's trying to keep pace. Um, most teams have their home, their home darks, their, their, their road, uh, whites, um, and, and then an alternate third, uh, you know, the penguins have that kind of that, um, stadium series look gold, yeah. but now they, each team ha- has been given, uh, a fourth Jersey, um, a, a third Jersey for some of the teams that only have two and it's, and it's themed, it's theme is a reverse retro. So what it is, is it's a blast from the past. But it's a jersey from a team's past, and then it's kind of inverted. So you have, um, for instance, the Columbus Blue Jackets have thrown back to their inaugural season in 2000. Um, but instead of navy blue with red trim, it's red with white trim. So they kind of have flip-flopped it. Uh, the Capitals have gone back to their old flying eagle logo from circa 95 to like 05. Um, but they've they've the twist is they've added their current colors. So some teams have done like a reversal where they took a throwback but made a light version or a dark version of it or kind of a, a, a secondary color instead of a primary color. And some teams have gone like old logo, new colors, um, new logo, old colors. It's kind of a great mix. And I have them up in front of me and I wanted to go over like some of my favorites. Um, and then a few of the teams I want to kind of, I'm going to kind of rip on. I'm going to be a little bit hard on a few teams that kind of drop the ball. Um, and I know through message boards, I see a lot of their fan bases um, pretty, pretty peeved about it. Um, 
my favorite of the bunch, and it's tough to pick, is I have to go with the Minnesota Wild. Um, and the reason I like it is they're throwing back, and this is controversial, they're throwing back to the Minnesota North Stars look. And that franchise is still in existence in Dallas. So it's kind of interesting because Dallas holds their history. And I've talked about this in football with the, I feel like the Houston Texans should have been reborn as the Houston Oilers again. But Tennessee Titans own that name. So it didn't work out where you could see the Oilers return to the NFL. I'm sure Texan fans, they're now 20 years old. Texan fans are, you know, are proud of the Texans, but I thought it would have been cool to reintroduce the Oilers like the Browns did. The Cleveland Browns moved to Baltimore when they were granted another franchise. They made them the Browns again, and I liked that. Um, and then the the Charlotte Hornets, you just mentioned Jordan. Uh, the Hornets were forced to come back as the Bobcats because the Hornets moved to New Orleans. Then when the New Orleans relinquished the name Hornets and wanted to become the Pelicans, Charlotte took it back. So it's kind of cool that the Charlotte Hornets are back. I like seeing the traditions return. Um, but anyhow, um, you get to see Minnesota fans get to kind of get the old, their new team, the wild. Um, their look is the green and gold of the old North star days. And I thought the Dallas stars might use an old North star look, but they've kind of thrown back to the late nineties star pattern Jersey, which is kind of cool as well. So I love the wild jerseys. I, I would love to see the stars kind of be okay with them switching back to that color palette full time. I'm not a huge fan of the wilds red and green that they do. Um, I think it's cool to see the green and gold uh, in the kind of the block numbers back. So that's, that's my number five, my number four, just looking through these, I really love the Montreal Canadiens. Um, the Bleu Blanc Rouge, they call them up there in French, the red, white, and blue. They forever have had a white jersey and a red jersey and nothing else. What they have done is they've just gone to a blue third jersey. Nothing fancy, nothing different. Just a reversal of their red and blue one. Everything that's red is blue and everything that's blue is red. It looks so sharp. I love the blue Canadians. Um, my number three, the Avalanche Nordiques. Um, the Avalanche obviously moved from Quebec Um They've kind of thrown it back to that old igloo and, and puck stick logo with the new avalanche colors and the lighter blue of the Nordiques, kind of an homage to their days in Quebec. I love the look of that one. Um, my number two favorite, I'm going to have to go with, I got to look through them and see here again, bear with me. I love the Coyotes one because I was a big fan of that green one when it came out, but I would have liked it to be white. I would have liked to have seen a white one instead of they went with purple, which isn't really a Coyotes color, so that's a little bit strange. Um, I like the Vegas one, but number two I'm going to have to go with our Penguins. Um, it's the reversal of the black with Pittsburgh down the diagonal center. Um, I was a huge fan of that jersey in the 90s, Bronson, with Pittsburgh going down the center. I always, in that, back in that day, I always imagined a white version of that one. Um, it would have been cool to see a black version of the white one they had or a white version with the gray trim that they had. So they could have done a few other things, but I'm, I'm, I'm cool with this one. I, I might be uh, asking Santa Claus for one of these when they become uh, 
available on sale because I think they're really sharp. But my number one, uh, and then I'll let, let you talk about some of these, Bronson. My number one is the Bruins. Um, it, it's such a clean look. It, they, the Bruins finally get a gold jersey into their rotation. Um, they have their black homes and their white roads. But the the Bruins, this new reverse Bruins, has the, the kind of the old school looking bear on the shoulder. And it, it's just a, a clean nice gold look um, i'm not a bruins fan but uh this jersey looks so sharp i'm sure bruins fans can't wait to 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 hit the shelves and get this but um they all look great bronson i'll let you give your favorites because i've talked a while and then i'll give you some of my duds <laughs> <laughs> well one thing that people rip on the show and frank frank and i try not to fall into the trap of as a frank and i always have the same opinions about different things <laughs> i'm here to tell you that that's not going to stay trend on this one. Oh, yes. Uh, you, have some, actually, you, have, you have five different favorites. All I, five? I, I, well, I have like seven because I okay. couldn't like keep five because I love so many of them. Uh-huh. Number seven, I had the coyotes. I had the purple coyotes on. I did like it. I'm with you. I wasn't too crazy about the purple. Maybe yeah. they could have went white. Maybe they could have, they could have went green like, again. Back yeah, to the green, green or, or even, even did something where they could have snuck that, that brick, that brick red in there. But I don't mind. It wasn't too bad. Number six, the the Kings. You did not talk about the Kings. I love, yeah, I love like the Lakers, 94. Laker colors. Yeah, well, not not necessarily the Laker colors. Ninety four. I see. I, when I saw the, the the purple and yellow, I didn't think of the Lakers. When I saw the old the old nineties Kings logo, I was thinking that they were throwing it back to maybe the the orange or the orange, the golden purple of the the seventies. Yeah. You know the triple crown line, Marcel Dion and Dave Taylor and and um who am I who am I forgetting of that triple crown line. Taylor, Dion, and um, I'm gonna look that up. So I open myself up for that. Yeah. But uh, that purple and yellow, I love that. Um, but it's the early '90s logo with the '70s colors. That's yeah, what I, like. I know. It's, it's, it's a little I bit like, of a clash. No, I like that. I like that. It's 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 a little bit. It's it's a little it's a little bit of a clash. But I liked it. I liked the design of it. I didn't really care about it. Um, Charlie yeah. uh, Charlie Charlie Simmer. Charlie Simmer, Marcel Dion, and Dave Taylor, that triple crown line. I like the mashup of like 90s logo, 70s color. That's interesting. Yeah, that's what I love that. So that was my number six favorite. Number five, I absolutely love the Caps one. The, 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 the <laughs> screaming eagle with the, yeah. with the red, white, and blue. That's probably something they should have stuck with in that late to the end of 90s into the 2000s. They the colors kept... were so bad, though, back. Like, why did yeah. they go to that light blue, gold, and black? I didn't like that. I, I, thought, I thought this <laughs> yeah. is the direction they should have Because you're in D.C., you should stay red, white, and blue. Exactly. I thought this is something they should have stayed with. Um, and I think it'll look great. Um, I'm not saying it should take over the current captures because I love the current captures now, but I think this should be a permanent third, like forever. I uh, like this, especially with that, 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 uh, that, that old style, like old English, like lettering and numbering. And it'll look great with the OV's number. And then, and then they have the captain seal, the, the, the C's on the right side. So mm-hmm. it looks kind of cool there. So I'm digging the, digging the caps one. Number four, maybe because I'm a homer, not, not penguins, but, um, I always have a little fondness in my heart for the Buffalo Sabres. And this is actually a redone of the early 2000s third jersey. Remember that red one, yeah. Frank? Red one with yeah. the swords and the Sabres logos on the shoulders? I love that third jersey for Buffalo. Every time I play NHL on PlayStation, if yeah. I was the Sabres, I always use that jersey. But it's so their love, new colors. Yeah. Inter- so I love that they got the, yeah. the blue and the, and the yellow in that. If it was up to me... I would have did the I would have all blue with the gold trim, not all white with the with with the blue trim. It, you about, know what, Bronson? I I I heard a blurb on this, not to cut you off, but yeah. the the NHL wanted to make sure that enough were white so that they could play each yeah. other. Yeah, yeah, I got. It. Yeah, 
this is kind of me thinking out loud, but I still love those Sabres jerseys. I love them. I love the Buffalo on the on the shoulder. Yeah. The old Buffalo. I love the red one from the early 2000s. So I love that they, they went back to that when they did this retro reverse retro. Back when I was wearing it in gold. <laughs> That's right. When you were wearing it. <laughs> the Ryan Miller doppelganger there. Number three was your number one. I love the Minnesota Wild homage mm-hmm. to the Minnesota North Stars. Um, I, I I think it just looks great. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you know they were allowed to do that, even though Dallas – Carries that uh, homage of 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 the the Minnesota history there, um, and my number two, Frank. I'm really, I guess it wasn't too much of a too crazy thing. Um, I d- I definitely thought that this would be on your list, but maybe because that the NHL has already done it with this team this year. But my number two, you didn't have to go too far. Um, it had to go with the the brass bonanza and yeah the Hartford Whalers. I know because the, the Hurricanes have they've already done already, the green one, but yeah. I, I love that they went this way with the with the uh, the Hartford Whalers. I've always been fond of those jerseys since Ronnie Franchise wore them, you know, back in the the old time. So that was my number two, and the number one was my uh, was the Colorado Avalanche homage to the, yeah. the Quebec Nordiques. So that was my two. I'll I'll throw it back to you to give you your duds because I think we'll differ we'll differ on the duds here. So. Uh, but so mine was a little out of the place. Um, I um, and I'll go. I'll go into my duds here once you do yours because there's a little bit of conflict there. You're right. I do like the the, the whaler one, um, and and I think they'll still be able to wear their green um, whaler alternates as well because they have the pads and the gloves and the goalie mask and pads, so they yeah. can throw they can throw in this green one. I don't know what the NHL's announced. Are these going to be worn five nights a year, two nights a year? I don't know what it is, uh, but. Say this will be. This is just says when they're gonna wear them. Doesn't say when they're gonna. How many times they're wearing them? But then, uh, a, they'll be they'll be able. To, I think they might wear these two nights a year, and then they can maybe wear the green ones two nights a year. So they yeah. have the, they have the gloves and the and the pants and the helmets that match these. So it was kind of cool that they brought in another whaler sweater. Um, yeah. Why it's gray, I don't know. I would have went white, but I guess they just want to do a little different. It can be yeah. worn as it can be worn as a white against a dark team. Yeah. Um, and I would the only thing I'd change about the wild is I would have done an M instead of the yeah the, the, the bear thing. Just an M instead of the N that it used to be. Um, but but no, my duds. I'm going to give you five duds. Um, I have five as well. I didn't go seven. I have five. But go ahead. I. And we didn't talk about the ducks, that crazy dunt jumping duck. It's kind of cool. It's the old honor- cartoon, the old yeah. ducks cartoon. Yeah. Honorable mention. It's and the font's really awesome on that jersey and the nameplate. But um, my number five worst. So this is like number one yeah. will be my worst worst. Yeah. Um, my number five worst one is. All right, I got to see how I'm going to rank these. I really don't know. I I'm not a fan of the Canucks one. Number five. Oh, the Canu- I like that one. They were they were very short time in like 2002. They did the gradient with like navy with, and red. Yeah, I I picture Todd Bertuzzi, but Marcus um, Naslin, yeah. yeah. So they they've gone new colors with this. I think the I don't know. I'm not wild about the Canucks. I'll put that as a five dud. I think the Flyers is the Flyers is ugly. They really didn't reverse much. I guess they reversed. It used to be black with white. I like Keith Primo beating the Penguins in five overtimes. Um, that was their alternate that year, but they made it their primary road jersey after a while. They were wearing it all the time. They've kind of made what what's black orange and what was white black. Um, um, you know, and obviously it's a flyer, so I hate everything of theirs. Um, 
Number three worst, the the Winnipeg Jets. It's just kind of an an ugly gray. I I don't know. They had a lot to, that they could have done. They could have done red. They could have done. I thought they could have done Atlanta Thrashers. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, I don't know why they're kind of forgetting. You know, the Winnipeg Jets, this is another one. That belongs to the Coyotes. That history belongs to the Coyotes. So I thought that they should have brought back Thrasher jerseys. Maybe the maybe, Baby Blues? Yeah, with like a Jets feel, but a Thrasher logo. Yeah. I don't know. but um, So that's my number three. My number two, Dud, is the Blues. The St. Louis <laughs> The trumpet. What did they have? When they had the trumpet in the red, what was it for yeah. two years? The year Gretzky yeah. was there. Yeah, Gretzky. Like maybe 95 Joe, and 96. Yeah. And, and then they got rid of red. So you're going to go with a primary red jersey when your team is the St. Louis Blues. I thought they could have reversed it into a gold sweater because the, yeah. the Blues never the Blues never had a gold sweater. So they could have done something where they went back to the 70s look and reversed it to gold. So my number two most hated is the Blues. And my number one dud is the Islanders. And the Islanders missed a chance. The fans were calling for it. The fishermen. It was a, the fishermen and the teal. It was it was a short-lived. It took a lot of flack when it happened, so it's kind of a cult following now. It's kind of a joke. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't a fan favorite when it came out, but it's it's now because it was so bad. It's become Tom, kind of the a Tommy fun. Salo era. Yeah, it's <laughs> Tommy Tommy Soderstrom number yeah. one in that, but um, uh, it's become kind of funny now because it was so bad. It would have been cool to see the the blue and orange and teal and the and the the Gorton's Fisherman logo. Um, all the Islanders did for this one is darken the blue and flip flop the, the the orange and white stripes. Yeah. And they're and they're saying it's an homage to their early 80s cup runs, but their early 80s cup runs were royal blue like their yeah. current jersey. Yeah. So I don't I don't get what this navy blue the navy blue is kind of what they wore from 2000 to 2010. Yeah, like that's more of an homage to like Marius Tchaikovsky and Oleg Kavasha and Sean Parrish. Yeah. yeah. Alexi Yashin. So. <laughs> I, I don't know what Early this days is. Chara. <laughs> this is not a 1980s. It's an 80s style with the 2000s color. And they could have done orange. They they could have done an orange alternate. I love that. Um, they could have done something with just the NY and not the circle, kind of like their 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 debacle black third oh, jersey. No. They tried they tried to match the Nets too much when they moved to Brooklyn. But um I mean, also honorable mention bads um, that didn't make my top five. The, the the Maple Leafs with so much history, I think that's kind of a dud. It's kind of their seventies look, but they yeah. did they did gray piping instead of white, which is odd. Um, uh, just looking through them, I forgot to say I like the Lightnings. It's a throwback to the mid two thousands, like nineties two thousands, only blue instead of black. Rangers didn't do much. They brought back Statue of Liberty, but they kept it navy blue. Yeah. You know, they they could have done silver or white or red because the Rangers don't have a red sweater. I don't think they ever have. So they, they missed a boat and could have done a red sweater. Nashville pretty much kept yellow. Their current home jerseys are already yellow. So they could have done navy or they could have done silver. Um, Devils so that, went back to – they did the green. Devils did the green, which is always a clean look. That's a good one. Vegas doesn't have a history, so they paid homage to the old Las Vegas Thunder with kind yeah. of the, the way of the ECHL, I think they were, yeah. the IHL, the striping. Um, 
But uh, and Calgary brought brought back the horse head. We got to mention that those are kind of yeah. cool. I like that. Yeah. Um. And and Columbus, like I mentioned, reversed the old navy for red of their yeah. inaugural season. Chicago went back to like a 1940s throwback. Those look more like a winter classic sweater than a reverse retro. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, and, I I I not since you already mentioned it for the reasons I don't like it. I actually had Chicago at number four on on my duds. I did not like the Chicago ones at all. So and I then my, la- my last and I might be stealing one of yours. My last bad one honorable mention is Detroit. Ah. No, sorry to steal it, but there's not much yeah. history with Detroit's had the same jersey forever. So there's not much you can reverse. They yeah. could have maybe they could have maybe done a black sweater like a lot of teams just do black for fu- the fun of it. But Detroit really could didn't have much to work with, so they put in silver stripes. But yeah, before I steal anymore, you go, Bronson. What are your top? No, five? no, that's fine. You, you didn't even steal it because you, you didn't even mention <laughs> okay. the reasons I was going to mention. So okay, my number, my top five duds. You're gonna be. You're really not gonna like my number five. You're really gonna pour the beer on me here. <laughs> I don't like the Penguins one. I don't. Oh, like you put the. It. I, it but I will say Bronson's that. not a homer. It proves he's not a homer. I do, I don't like the Penguins one. Although Mario putting it on on Twitter Helps. made me like it a little yeah, more. I but I, when I first saw it, the first person I thought of when I saw it was you because you told <laughs> me for years that's how you always wanted it. The white wanted, one. You always white, wanted the white yeah. version of the Pittsburgh one. So <laughs> the, the second I saw it, I go, "Oh my God, Frank's, Frank's gonna love this because yeah. he's always wanted this." Uh-huh. So that's my one. I, I Sorry, but I hated that they didn't match. In the '90s, they had a home jersey yeah. that didn't match the road jersey. Like I, I think that they should just always be the opposite. Yeah. The I Penguins mean, even, had the even, even the Rangers did it when they had the New York diagonal. They 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 had a white one they wore for a little bit with the, with the uh, Statue of Liberty and the sto- shoulders and the yeah, white. Right. I think they used it for the Winter Classic even too. But but yeah, but now the, the Penguins that I had number five. At least they didn't have a number one, but I had a number five. Not a big fan, but Mario might have convinced me. Maybe I'll get one out of yeah. them. Number four, the Blackhawks, for all the reasons you mentioned, that looked like the Winter Classic one and the, the homage to the 40s. I thought it just kind of looked a little lazy. I thought they could have did something better with it, even even if they went even if they went a different color, you know what I mean, or something like that. Just wasn't a big fan. It looks too plain Jane for me. I'm not a fan of it. Number three is actually one that me and you 100% agreed on being number three, and that's the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah. I was not a fan of it. I thought, like you, they should have maybe – Took a little uh, tr- tribute to the Atlanta Thrashers, if not the baby blue ones, or maybe maybe that one with the like the ATL and the the red or whatever it was. I like that one. Could have went that direction as well. Um, number two and number one, I have for basically the same reason, and I get with the retro throwbacks, they have to be white. But the stars two and Red Wings one are just they look atrocious because yeah. it's all white. Like the pants are going to be white. Yeah. Be white, and now the yeah. jersey's gonna be white. And my friend Mike, who I run NASCAR with, he's from Michigan. He agreed with me in my in my butchering of the Red Wings ones. And uh, Seth Roraba, who I frequently uh, contact with on on Twitter, he said they they look like the the jerseys look like the practice jerseys, like they wear them when, when they're practicing. Because yeah. the only thing missing are the are the corporate sponsors on the right on the right shoulder. <laughs> they just they just look so plain white. And I know having the Red Wings, you really can't go too many directions, but at least they could have went, like you said, went with a black jersey or something like that, or or maybe made up a logo themselves or something, or like a, a more modern logo of the wing wheel or something like that. Maybe yeah. like the one Dominic Koshik had on his helmet. But the Stars one's all white. Like, I understand they maybe could have went all green or all gold, or, or, or yeah, I know yeah. they're trying to homage to the late 90s, mm-hmm. but to say going all white and like, 
you know, maybe maybe if Johnsy wears it, I'll I'll, I'll like <laughs> it more. But yeah. but uh, but I just I'm not a fan of it. So yeah, my stars and red wings are my worst ones. They could have brought back the uh, the constellation bull. Yeah, Do you remember that? Yes, <laughs> that's where Marty Turka. The Marty yeah. Turka. Or yeah. they could have they could have brought back the early '90s um, kind of Madonna black with the white yeah. stripe. Uh, they, I think Dallas could have done a lot more. They, they could have just brought back. They should have colored in the below the star, like a, 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 it is too much white. Yeah. So that that pretty much wraps it up here with uh, with, with our show. And uh, I'll throw it over to Frank here. He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna part uh, send us out the door here. Well, Bronson and I said we are going to um, have a shorter show. Obviously, that didn't happen as always. We always say we have the gift it, of gab. We, we were we were so good until we got to the final thought. We actually were right on pace. I know. The final we we probably could have cut like steel or break down a little bit, but yeah. uh, it is what it is. Uh, we we are going to try to have these more often with less topics. So this is only season two of the uh, next level nerds. Next level nerd. I always want to say nord. Next level nerd sport, sports. It's a mouthful. Next level nerd sports. Nord, don't say noid. I found out today not to not to cut you for the leave, but <laughs> my, my boss said we were at work. He was talking about the noid. I'm like, what's a noid? I guess. <laughs> the Domino's Pizza back in the day had a cartoon guy called the Noid or something. Oh, I, I, I can picture that, yeah. I don't remember it, but it must have been before we were born or something, Frank, or I don't remember it. It kind of looks but, like like a Roger Rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember this, but it's funny because he mentioned it today and he showed me, he emailed me the picture. So I don't remember yeah. it, but you said the Nord. It reminded me of, of us talking about that today. So a shout out to my, my boss, Jason, and, and the Noid, the Domino's Noid. Next level, it's like one of those say it five times fast. Next level nerd sports podcast, but <laughs> call it the NLN, NLN sportscast. That's why yeah. I should admit to that. But, um, but no, we're going to try to get together every two weeks. So you might look for us to get together around December 3rd to break down what's been going on in the NFL. And it's probably going to be a, an NFL heavy show for the next couple of shows. Um, as we might have some NBA free agency and trades uh, as that's heating up and some baseball signings. Um, but most seasons are in their off season. So we're going to be heavy on football. Um, as we get closer to the stretch run for the NFL. So it's going to be exciting to see how it all plays out. Will our Steelers stay unbeaten? Um, what will the seeding look like? What teams are going to get into the playoffs and, and who's going to miss out? Um, so stay tuned for future episodes. We're excited to have you. Um, we, th- we thank all of our listeners. We encourage you to put comments in, in our Facebook comments, Bronson and I read them and, uh, you know, give us your, give us your take on all the topics we, we talked about tonight. Give us your, your favorites and your most hated new, uh, retro jerseys in the NHL. Um, maybe tell Bronson and I were wrong, uh, as we pick games. Um, we, we love the open debate. Bronson and I don't even, we don't claim to be experts. We're just a couple of guys BSing about sports. Um, so we, we, we would love, we've seen some of our buddies, Matt Clark and Ryan Barnes and my buddies Ryan Percival and Jameson Burnworth are always uh, open for debates on topics. So Jay Cortez, um, Jay Cortez is involved. He's a big listener. I know. And, I Fra- got- and Frank, not Go to ahead. cut you off, but I just wanted to uh, not, you know, um, uh, my former high school football teammates. Shout out to uh, head coach Nick Nardone and the Beaver Falls Tigers. Yeah, John Atkinson's on that staff too. They uh, they won the Whippeal Championship. That, uh, this past weekend here uh, earlier there. Uh, Tough past- to see those Elwood boys wearing those Beaver Falls colors. Though. Yeah. 
on this Facebook photos. I'm happy for him, but it's like, man, you're, you you sold your soul. You traded in the blue and white for the black and oh, orange. It's a great ball. opportunity for those guys. And then right, uh, I know. happy happy is all hell for those boys to uh, take home a Whippy All Championship. So congrats to them and the entire Beaver Falls second Tigers that, team. Yep. But uh, but no, bro, yeah, um, we, we love the comments. We love all of our buddies. I know Bronson has a following even – um, across the country with with a, a lot of his friends that he's met over the years uh, that, that that tune in i i need to, i i know that we've we've had a quite a following i know we've had some you know hundreds of plays on on our podcast we're available on uh apple apple Podcasts and spotify two of the biggest out there so um keep checking us out keep giving us a like and a share and comments in the when we post it on facebook or twitter um we look yeah I need, to- I need to up, i need to up my twitter game frank so i've been kind of a little behind on that so i'll probably retweet our page and really get that out there because a lot of people do tweet me back on it so i'll use my uh my sphere of influence on twitter to to get to get to get we'll to get us going to- We'll try to get the timestamps down too, so you guys can jump around the topic. So uh, after we cut the audio, um, you know, my my lovely wife Katie, who uh, Bronson usually has to remind me to shout out, but I remembered this time my my lovely wife Katie, who I I miss dearly now because I haven't seen her all night. I have to wrap up this show, but uh, she's gonna do the editing. She's she's great at what she does. She does it for a living. Um, so she'll be she'll be cutting the audio and and getting us those timestamps together so we know what what topics start when. So um, yeah, you know, big big shout out to her for her Absolutely. help. Absolutely, shout out shout out to you, Bronson, my my esteemed co-host. It's always great doing these with you. And yeah. Next Level Nerd and everybody there, Justin, Nico, give those guys a check them out on the on the movie page. And uh, Bronson, any final thoughts from you? Uh, yeah, I'll, no. Thank thanks again to Frank's wife, Katie, who. Who uh, you know she she's awesome. That I did the show and get it out to the masses. Uh, big thanks to my co-host Frank Conti. And like I said, guys, it's tough for us to kind of get our, especially the last couple of weeks. So uh, you know, I, I won't speak for Frank, but I'll certainly speak for myself. Trying to go out and do a lot more social things because it looks like you know um, there might be a little bit of a lockdown here. The the, the COVID cases are, are are creeping up, so we might find ourselves in a little lockdown. And if that's the case, we might be turning these things out quicker than you think. So, yeah. um, but. So, but uh, just Frank and I trying to really get get all those last little ditch efforts out there before we, we might have to you know sit inside for a little bit. Thanks to Justin, Nico, everyone, next level nerd. Uh, thanks to you guys for listening and all your input and comments are always appreciated. Uh, constructive criticism, positive uh, reinforcements are always welcome. And uh, all I have to say is enjoy the football. Uh, there should be a lot of good battles coming down to it. Um, hope. You and yours are safe this holiday season. Uh, we probably won't get another one out to you until after Thanksgiving. So, um, yeah. uh, you know, happy Thanksgiving, Frankie, you and your family. And obviously, we'll talk before then, but you just as well, on air. Yeah. yeah, just on air, you know, thanks, happy Thanksgiving and holidays to you and your family and to you, the listeners, and yours as well. So, uh, that's all I have to say. Just hope everyone, you know, peace and love on earth and, and, uh, just, you know, it's a, it's a crazy time in our country where there's a lot of d- divide and, and uh, you know, and a lot of unnecessary hatred and mm-hmm. and whatnot, and hopefully the holidays, Frank, can really push together. You know, we can you kind of unite and and really just just appreciate the little things and appreciate the things most important in our lives. Well said, Bronson. I echo that sentiment, and I just I do want to say, as we see cases rise, everybody to stay safe. Um, do what you do what you can safely, and uh, listen to your your officials, and you know wear a mask when you can, and stay away from folks when you can, and limit limit going out unless you have to, and 
um, you know, we always thank the essential workers and the front line and the doctors and the hospitals and everybody, the grocery workers, just Absolutely. like, you know, it, it may sound cliche, but I, I, I totally believe it. Um, my mom's one of them, you know, she's working in healthcare, yep. I, Bronson's mom. So, um, you just, you, you know, everybody that's an essential worker that has to go out into this, you know, we, we send a special thank to make, make things like this silly podcast of ours possible. You know, we're just doing a podcast and everybody's out there, you know, really in the midst of this. So um, if you can stay safe and stay inside, continue to do this. So we get through this and we can enjoy all this sports in 2021 if we get over this. So um, Bronson uh, for, for Bronson Allman, uh, I'm Frank Conti. This has been, Another episode of the Next Level Nerd Sports Podcast. Bronson, I will see you next time. Throw me the baseball. Now toss me the pigskin. Now feed me the rock. Now give me the rock.